Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. teams that might be there right at the end. I, and I, I, I always kind of see Duke always there, and they have their problems without question this year. But more than the fact, how far would they go? You know, I put them in the Final Four, as I pretty much always do. I like to go with experience on teams, and um, that don't always work especially when I was trying to figure out who was going to do it. But I had the first good two rounds. After that, it completely blew up. I was hoping that my um, Oklahoma State Cowboys over there would make it past the first round against Michigan. That didn't happen. That was one I missed in the first round. I missed the Arkansas-Seton Hall game. Arkansas went on and Arkansas, uh, Arkansas um, went on to play North Carolina. Also missed the Crichton Rhode Island game. Rhode Island came up on top on that side. On the other side, I picked VCU. I really thought that they would have really no problem with St. Mary's. <laughs> Wrong again, Sonny Clark, uh, like normal. Uh, Northwestern and Vanderbilt. I picked Vanderbilt. Northwestern got past them. South Carolina, who, hey, Sitting at the final four, I don't think anybody looked at them at the number seven position to be sitting at right now in the final four. But they got past Marquette. I picked Marquette. And a USC beat SMU. I had SMU. Uh, that was, those were the ones I missed in that first round. So I was doing okay in the first round of this final four. But really the final four. South Carolina, Gonzaga, everybody liked them as far as the experts. Guess what? They did it. I didn't think they'd do it. I thought they'd fall. And North Carolina and Oregon are going to go at it. So, or they, they went at it, and North Carolina got the victory. Now, if, I would, if North Carolina would have lost the game, I would have won a bracket. Uh, that I was, that it was the one and only bracket I was in. But North Carolina does get past Oregon, and Gonzaga gets past South Carolina 
by four. So it's going to be North Carolina and Gonzaga, both number one teams going at it for the championship, and that's going to happen on the, the 3rd, which is Monday. So you can check that out. So uh, if you're into the Final Four, I, I'm i into it, but I'm not as much into it as I used to be. But I always like watching teams that I, I really thought. And, and one of the things I felt bad, I, I should have kept going with Xavier. Xavier is a good basketball squad. And this team made it to the Elite Eight. So, and I didn't think they would. I, I, I thought Florida State would beat them, and that's where Xavier went out. But I'm, I'm kind of in basketball. I'm a Xavier fan, although that's a team that has never made it too much farther. I mean, they made it to the Final Four once. And, and, but, but take away from that, that, that's not a team that normally gets legs in the final four because they don't play teams that are that a traditional basketball squad. So, and it is what it is. You look at, I mean, Gonzaga is definitely a basketball squad. So the fact that they took care of them, it really shouldn't have been too much of a shock. On the other side, North Carolina is definitely a football town or a basketball town, not a football town. But up in the top portions of this bracket, South Carolina, Oregon, our football squads came back, made it to the final four in basketball. But the eight traditional teams that did not do well, such as Duke, which is my pick, they, they actually went out quite early. They lost to South Carolina. Didn't even make the Elite Eight. I'm always going to put Duke in the Sweet 16. Duke's going to get past the first two rounds on most of them. So I'm going to have to start watching that and lose the love that I have for Duke and and Coach K. Kentucky, another basketball team that I think a lot of people wanted to see more of, but they were, you know, beat by North Carolina 75-73, two-point game, came down to the final moments of that game, which was exciting as well. And, and I've, been, I've been watching since really the Elite Eight. I didn't really do a lot of the other watching as some of those that really love this game will do. They'll sit and try to watch 64 games, you know, I'll, I'll, you know get it all done. I, I, not me. First two rounds, I just want to pick them, then I'll, I'll start watching from the Elite Eight. And I know that doesn't make me a great basketball fan. But really, the, the, the honesty, this show is not necessarily about basketball. Although we, we'll talk a mean NBA, and we, we might get to that today. But today is WrestleMania Day. I mean, forget everything else. I mean, and, and I love indoor football. There's an indoor football game, but I'm going to be watching WrestleMania as well. And that's a – you say whatever you want. You know, it, it's fake, you know, and everything else. But these are my stories. <laughs> You know, women call soap operas their stories. These are my stories. And they all come to a head tonight. So we'll be I'll be watching me some WrestleMania and obviously I'll be watching an indoor football game, that being the Duke City Gladiators on the road taking on the Amarillo Venom of Champions indoor football, which I happen to be the director of operations of that um uh, of that league. So I will be watching that game with, you know, a lot of intensity. 
watching that and seeing how it comes. So I, I will be watching that. So in big stories in that as well. I mean, they got four main events in that one. That, I mean, this thing is starting at 4 o'clock, and you know it's not going to end until 6. This is going to be a six-hour extravaganza. Four hours for the main show, two hours for the uh, pregame or the pre-show. So, I mean, and lots of matches going on in the pre-show as well. So, I mean, it's really interesting to see where WrestleMania is. Now, I, I, I actually thought I was going to get beat up on my Facebook page. Because I can go back to WrestleMania 3, 30 years ago, and I remember the slam by Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. I remember that big time. But the, I don't. I, well, I remember the slam. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, that was the big deal about that WrestleMania. That slam. The slam heard from around the world. And Andre the Giant gets slammed by Hulk Hogan. But, you know, Andre the Giant, in that show, I mean, the, the guy couldn't hardly walk. So I, I'm not... I'm not impressed or the one of these guys that are going to say that that match was the best WrestleMania match ever. I'm just not going to go that far. Not even close, actually. I, the, I think the best match that has ever happened happened no more than three years ago. When Brock Lesnar put the end to the streak, the Undertaker. So I, that's the one I think is the best one. But, but it, you know, it is WrestleMania Sunday. And so that's going to be, you know, if you want to talk about that, of course, you can do so. Uh, but really, this show, we really just get into football. Not just get into football. It's not the only thing we do, but it's one of the things that we do best. So we'll be definitely talking about football because the, now football, the NFL, in their global takeoff, Okay, they are making themselves a year-long sport that you can at least keep track of if you're not watching the games. So you can go in the off-season and find anything and everything about the NFL, and they do it well. So that being said, course that's the name of this show i'm going to go ahead and bring him on in true wrestlemania form i hit the wrong button hold on hold on down just a tad bit more in true fashion of wrestlemania i i I stole the intro from from one of the wrestlers in case you didn't know in this wrestling, I know he, this guy does not talk wrestling, but I saw it, the Road Dog entrance theme brought in, Quiver, how are you doing this morning on that being said, my friend? Oh, I hey, actually marked that. I, hold on, and I'll get turned, and let me push that. There's Quervo. How you doing, Quervo? I'm good, Sonny. You'd be surprised how much I know about wrestling. I <laughs> Cuervo has come back to that being said. And the Couch Potato Sports Show. And then, of course, the button I pushed that was wrong. 
the good old boy himself Just down in Atlanta, Georgia. I can't even down. I can't even drive down the street now without thinking about Brian Tarvin because on my way to work, I passed two Popeyes chickens. It's Tarvin. How you doing, Tarvin? <laughs> Well, if I if I passed if I passed two on my way home, I'd be in trouble because I'd eat yeah. I'd eat all the time Popeyes. So well, well, the, the one I pass, so I'm good. The one, the one I passed, one of them's being uh, built. They had to tear down the building for some reason uh, here in Texas, so they're rebuilding the the uh, building there. So, but that being said, that's the name the name of the show. It, it is WrestleMania weekend. It's a big that I, we're gonna push that to the side because that's not what we do here. I mean, in reality, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later, but let's hop into the fact. I want to know how your brackets are. Mine are horrible. I signed up for yours, Tarvin, but I, I didn't, like, actively. I just put my picks in it. I don't know if I did it right or not, but it was on CBS Sports. Mine was horrible. I mean, I had no teams in the Final Four. Um, so, that being said, my Sonny Clark's I don't have a clue bracket lived up to its title. Um, that, <laughs> how did your bracket come out for you, Charlie? Where are you at it, as far as yours is concerned? I was, I was real good in first place, and then, they, like you, I didn't get any final four teams. And if you don't do that and somebody does, they pass you real quick. It doesn't take long. Yes, they so do. I did, I did very well, you know, but I, this is the first year I remember that I didn't get a final four team. And, Sonny, don't, don't feel bad about your bracket in the final four because most people, the only team they really got was North Carolina, but a lot of people didn't even do that. But nobody picked South Carolina, Gonzaga, and Oregon. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think they did either. They they might have had Gonzaga in North Carolina, but they sure in the hell didn't have Oregon. I mean, and that, that right there, and South Carolina, those are two football squads. I mean, I mean, Cuervo, you look at that, and you and also you just see how much of a business now basketball is because now you got South Carolina. They're in tune to be a good basketball squad. Um, as I did a little history on them, they've been slowly moving up the ranks in basketball. And on the other side, you know, Oregon at the same time, they've been doing the same thing. So now they're making their presence known in both sports, basketball, football, obviously the only two sports that make their universities a lot of money. Most definitely do, study, especially in football, because of all of the uh, extra incentives, I guess, if you want to say, that, uh, sure. that that university gets, uh, you know. Obviously, we all, as we all know, a certain Phil Knight, who's an Oregon grad, uh, always hooks his his boys up with all the finest uh, and most ugly uniforms you could imagine. So uh, that, that's, that's yes. the Oregon stands. But you know, it's funny, Sonny, because South Carolina on both sides of of the basketball program are are doing. Well. Obviously, if you're following the women's tournament, um, they're wow. playing yes, the national right. championship. That's right. So. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's 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 the men and the women as far as basketball, I and mean, it's funny because the football team is not quite uh, on the same page. So, um, yeah, South Carolina basketball in general is is really uh, at least for this year they did really well. Yeah, the, you're right. I didn't even. I, and this is the bad part of me. I, I'm not a big women's sport unless it's minor league. So we got a minor league basketball or. or, or I, I always kind of think of women's sports as minor league. I'm sorry. I, you can call me the biggest, you know, male chauvinist big in the world. Obviously, the NBA overtakes 
the WNBA tenfold, but I'll still, I've been to the Dallas Wings games. Uh, I'll go to those games. Um, but, um, and I like minor league sports. So, but looking at where college is, it's really the minor league of the really the professionals for football and basketball. Baseball, there's a lot of players that come out of it, but they normally go straight into the minors. Not too many of them will take that step from college into the major leagues in baseball. They give them some experience down in the minor leagues before they usually make that step up. But, you know, but looking at this Final Four, I mean, yeah, obviously the two that were in the Final Four, the, I, I think if I was going to re, redo it, those are the teams I would have picked. So let's go to Monday. Tarvin, on Monday, what are you expecting in this game? I know you, you're a big-time college basketball fan. You've only been to – I know you've been to a couple of Final Four uh, games as well. What are you looking at? Well, I just look at this Gonzaga team, and they look like a team that, that – I mean, it just looks like everything's lined up for them this year. I think Carolina has been very lucky to get the calls from the referees. For some reason, they wanted Carolina in this championship game. Um, but Gonzaga has got a deeper team. Uh, they, they, they play more team basketball, and I think they're, they're big enough to handle North Carolina's five. That's where North Carolina's dominated teams down low. But I think Gonzaga is a better, the best basketball team in the country right now, and they're going to win it all I think, tomorrow night. I think, yeah, I think they are. And I know uh, I just muted out Cuervo because he he is the king of doing more than one thing at the same time while doing the show. Um, so he was uh, he had a little background noise. But you're right. But I'll bring Cuervo in. Cuervo, when you're looking at the Final Four, uh, the two that I think you, if you were to receive the yours. You would have had these two there. What are you looking for on Monday when they actually take the court again? Well, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's just going to be a a, a real uh, matchup of, especially the one I'm looking forward to seeing is the big guys. You know, obviously, um, you know, Meeks has been playing very well for, for Carolina. And then on Gonzaga's side, you've got, uh, I think his name is Kar- Karmowski or something like that. But, um you know, I'm, I'm interested to see who's gonna who's gonna fight for rebounds and who's gonna who's gonna do the extra, you know, dirty work to give their team opportunities to uh, get second chance points or or just get more possessions because that's what it's really gonna come down to is just more possessions. And I know it sounds cliche and it's common sense, but you gotta actually get it done. You know, you can talk about it all you want, but actually executing and and, and doing that is, is is a different story. Definitely. I, I'm going to go ahead. I, 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 I fell into listening to what people said about Gonzaga as far as where they are and what their flaws were. And I didn't even think they'd make it because of, and the thing they were talking about was lack of defense for this basketball team. So not watching any of the games, I fell for what people were talking about and there they are in the championship with no quote unquote defense. But really when I look at these basketball squads, I like to look at you know how this game is going to go down. I'm going to look at North Carolina. How many games does this team play against teams that have traditionally good basketball squads uh, that, that they play night in, night out. Gonzaga, not, not so much. Now, now Gonzaga's made a name for themselves within their you know, conference that they are. But let's be honest, that conference does not 
have the firepower that North Carolina – I mean, I don't know, Tarvin. When I look at the, the different conferences that they come from, North Carolina gets it night in, night out. Gonzaga just kind of coasts and gets the victory. Well, not only that, the ACC is probably the best conference in basketball, but they play out of conference schedule, Kentucky, UCLA, and they, they, they play all the powerhouses as well. But I think this time of the year, it really doesn't matter. I think right now for one game, 40 minutes, it's who wants it more. And Gonzaga right now seems to want everything. And, and they're, a good, they're a good basketball team with a lot of depth. Where I think that will pay off, especially – the turnaround, I saw North Carolina last night. They were winded, man, late in the second half. And how do they recover with one day off, really, in between? And I think Gonzaga is made, made for this, where Carolina is going to struggle and choke like they did last year. Roy Williams is a choke artist. I, 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 and I, I remember you saying that even last year. That's how much that sticks in my mind of what you talk about when you talk about the, the Final Four. You say, I think you might have say that every year. So that's a guy who believes that's coming on, which it, it, Tarvin, um, I think, you know, sometimes do, do you have a little animosity towards the Tar Heels at all? Or what's the, why, why, why is there no love for the Tar Heels? I don't. I don't like overrated coaches. Oh, and that's what you think Roy Williams is. Then going into this yeah, one, he's an overrated coach. I do. I think Gonzaga's coach is ten times better, actually, than those guys. Roy Williams is a monkey in a suit. That's what he is. Well, in defense of Gonzaga, hey, Cuervo, maybe you'll play. It, it, when you're able to get your team up to play against the better teams and get the victory, especially in the tournament, you know, that that is one thing when you look at where they had come from. And really, if you think about Gonzaga, they really started making their presence known in the NCAA tournament 12 years ago. And then, you know, every year at least they're making the tournament now. So that being said – when you, of course, the name of the show on Sunday morning, Cuervo, when you, when you go into a tournament, some teams are built for tournament play and some are not. And I think Gonzaga is one, and they improve throughout the year to get to this point to where they can have success in the tournament. Yeah, and, you know, like, like Harvey said, there's a little different feeling about this team compared to – Zaga's had in the past where the focus was on one guy, whether it was you know Adam Morrison you know ten years ago, or it was uh, uh, the guy that the Celtics drafted, Olenek or whatever his name is, uh, a couple years ago. Now it's just you've got a bunch of guys that I'm not going to say they're no names, but you don't have that superstar, which is a good thing for Gonzaga because. The focus is not on just one guy, and you have to worry about more than one guy. I mean, they got their their point guard, uh, uh, Ross, something Ross. I forget his name now, but you know he, he he's pretty good. You got Karmowski, so it, it's it's a different feeling with this team, Sonny, where the focus is just not one player, and and Gonzaga's not really um, is not a program that should be built that way. They're, they're not the powerhouses that we were just talking about. It, it seems like Gonzaga need to have college all-around teams not have that one superstar that everybody focuses on, and that's what you got with the Gonzaga team this year, and that's why, in all honesty, I mean, they haven't um, 
they haven't bowed out in the second round or, or in the sixteen like they normally do. Exactly. Yeah, and that's usually when they head up against, like uh, Tarvin said, an ACC opponent uh, to, to get there. But really, when I think about the, the you know, I, I think about the Tar Heels and, and Gonzaga. I mean, name name a player from Gonzaga that plays in the NBA. Now, there are not too many of them, and, and because the reason why is I was. As much as I don't keep up with basketball, I would know a Gonzaga player. Tar Heels on the other hand, this is – oh, my goodness. I mean, Brandon, Brandon Wright in 2000 and uh, – I, I think he, he had – he didn't play a lot for a long time, but I remember him in there. Danny Green with the, with the, with the uh, Spurs. Ed Davis. I mean, uh, McAdoo. I mean, it, I, could, I could go on. I could uh, – uh, Felton, I think, played for the Clippers. Ty Lawson. Uh, you know, I can think of guys, you know, and the, the – and the biggest one, you know, obviously, you know, you know, the North Carolina Tar Heel, that being the best player that ever played this game, Michael Jordan. And oh, let's not forget about Vince Carter. He may not be Michael Jordan, but there, there you are. Name a Gonzaga player in the NBA. I just can't do it, Tarvin. John Stockton is the only one I can remember. <laughs> Who? He's retired a long time ago. John Stockton. Didn't he play at Gonzaga? He retired. I though. don't know. I, it, it, that would shock me. I don't know. I, 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 yeah, but I like John. For uh, Gonzaga. Wow. See, didn't even know that. That's what. That that's one of the one of the things. You know, I I don't know. And it might just just be me. But you know, but after that, I mean, I don't know if anybody can come out. I, I mean, I listed off quite a few players, obviously coming from. Hold on, hold on. Didn't um, oh geez, I, who was the power forward that came from 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 North Carolina? It's not. I, I just. I, I, I'm trying to. That's what we try to do on the show. We don't go it's into to, yeah. Hold who, on. Who, who is not Rasheed? You got Rasheed Wallace. You got James Worthy. You got Sam Perkins. Yeah, Worthy was the one I was thinking of. It. Yeah, Worthy yeah. was the one I was thinking of. I couldn't get it out of my head there, you know. You know, the, the old school that it is, you know. So, uh, good stuff there. You know, right, you know, the bigger powerhouse school, I guess you can say right there. Thank you for the mute there, uh, Cuervo. Appreciate that. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get our first break out of the way. When we come back, um, you know, we, we got our prediction. I'm, I'm taking North Carolina, uh, and um, and uh, we have one that went Gonzaga, and the other one went the other way. So we'll talk a little bit. You know, we'll we'll fade out of the NCAA, and then we'll get right into what we do best. And let's just be honest. But, this panel, we know football. Yeah, go ahead. Can I rant when we come back just a second about baseball, please? Just two, probably oh, 30 yeah. seconds. I just need to rant. Oh, no, I don't like talking baseball. Not not too many people do want to talk it, but we'll do that. We we can rant about baseball. We can talk a little base, baseball so Tyron can get it out. So we'll take our break. When we come back, let's talk Major League Baseball because we're, they're starting. They're getting ready to kick it in and get ready for their season. We'll talk baseball when we come back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's that being said. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. 
We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience. So roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-Star HVAC Contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-Star HVAC Contractors serving Relev 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-Star HVAC Contractors. Let Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? This is Sunday Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. All right, we have 
back on the couch to play the sports show Sunday morning. That being said, our Sunday morning tradition rolls on. Most of the time we'll be kicking off at noon on Sunday, unless Sunday has to work, then we'll kick it off at 9. But obviously kicking off the new Sunday ain't doing anything. This WrestleMania weekend, Sunday's got to watch this story. That having been said... There are a lot of stories that are going on in Major League Baseball. And, Tarvin, I, I know you've got some things that you want to talk about, I, I think. And when you said it with the urgency that you did, I think I know what you want to talk about. Tarvin, let's jump into what's going on in Major League Baseball that has you wanting to go on a rant. Well, first thing is, I mean, baseball is a slow game anyway. It takes forever to play a game, and that's why a lot of people don't watch a full game. But, the the replay didn't start earlier. I don't like instant replay in baseball unless it's using the last from the seventh to the ninth. But in the first inning here in this game, uh, Matt Holliday hit a ground ball for the Yankees, and he got called out at first base. Okay, they they called it out. Then they went to the replay for five minutes, and it easily shows that he was saved. I mean, the, the foot hit the bag. The ball was still out of the glove. They they reviewed it for five minutes and came back and said they're going to confirm the call being out. And, and here's my problem. If you're going to use replay, damn, change your call. And that's my problem with baseball, man. They're just so old school. If you're going to use replay, use it to change the call. Change the call if it's, if it's obvious. And that's what upsets me the most. You waste time. You waste everybody's time. And yet you still know the call was wrong, but you keep it there. That's it. That's my rant. But it's just stupid. Well, I, I think I'm with you, but I don't think instant replay should be in baseball. Now, we, we talk about football and everything, but, you know, and, and basketball. And I like to use those two, obviously, because, uh, you know, football, I like older, old-time old football. I definitely like old-time basketball than I do today's uh, basketball. Um, but really, the fact of the matter is, it's the same thing. And that might be because I'm getting old and set in my ways, and I don't like change. I, heck, I, you know, sometimes, you know, when I get up in the morning, I, you know, I don't want to even change my socks, you know. So, you know, that be <laughs> I mean, so making major changes and actually going through them, I think I agree with you, Tarvin. If you're going to bring in the aspect of the game, that being the instant replay, you got to go ahead and go to it more. But Cuervo, I don't know. I I'm, I guess I'm a, I don't want to call myself a baseball purist Cuervo's because about I, I, you know, I, I, I know that exactly. I I I'm a purist. I, it's so much so I like minor leagues. It's, Three minor league teams right down here, and I go to a minor league game before I go to a, a Ranger game. But Cuervo, should there be instant replay in baseball? Is it needed? Yeah, absolutely. I think for certain things it should be needed. Whether um, you know, just like the uh, the instance with what Tarvin was talking about, whether a, a guy is uh, you know out or safe at at a base. Now, I think I think the the issue that Tarvin has is why the hell does it take five whole minutes to to make the decision and, and get the evidence that you need to to make the call of whether it's an, you know safe or out? If it, it's a clear as day call, it should take thirty seconds. Take a look at it once or twice, confirm it, and you're done. You know, it should not take five whole minutes if if the call is that obvious. I think that's the problem that that, you know, Harvin and others have. Is it, it, I mean, I don't know how many angles you want to look at a, at a, a play, but it shouldn't take that long. Uh, home runs are another thing. 
I think uh, feather, you know, when it hits the top of the wall and things like that, you know, sometimes umpires think they have a judge. They have to make a judgment call and, and say yes, it's a home run or, or no, it's not. And so for certain things, yeah, I think there is replay, but um, or even foul ball. You know, sometimes yeah, it hits the line right where right where third third or first base is at. And you have to look and see if, if, if it is a foul or a fair ball. Or, um, you know, so yeah, I think I think there is a place for replay in baseball. Uh, I just think, like Tarvin was saying, it shouldn't take five whole minutes to to take a look at a replay and say yes, it's it's safe or yes, it's a foul ball or a home run, whatever the case may be. Looking at the rules, each team gets two out of the game. I, but I think I'm with Tarvin on this. I, I don't necessarily. I I don't want. I don't want replay in baseball. That, there, that, I'll get it off. But if, if you're going to do it, I think you only get one. And I'm with Tarvin after the seventh inning. Because bringing it, bringing it involved, and then, like Tarvin said, then they still get the play wrong. Now, I didn't see the play he's talking about. You must be watching the Yankee game right now. Uh, it's the only one going on where the Rays were on top three, nothing, by the way. Um, in the bottom of the first. So, you know, like you said, we're already in the first, and we already got the first replay out there, which I'm right there with you. Because you look at football, it it takes three to three and a half hours minimum. Baseball, definitely the same way. Uh, Hockey is definitely a three-hour sport. So, you know, at some point, I think as a fan, you're just going to have to accept the fact that you're going to, when you buy a ticket to a game, it's going to be a three-hour time out of your your day, and you have to accept it. I don't know if it's worth it. I think baseball definitely can be speeded up on a lot of things. It's not just replay. If you take replay, that'll save you some time. But there are a lot of things you can do in baseball. I mean, you know, one of my biggest ones, I think maybe you only can go to your jock at least one time when you're about ready to pitch the ball. I think that'll save some time pitching. You know, I mean, because it takes forever to get to the second pitch. I mean, it's ridiculous. It, but uh, there are a lot of things that they could do in baseball. Definitely a lot of things they could do in football to speed up the game as well. Uh, heck, even in my love uh, of indoor football, it's a three-hour it, it's a three-hour uh, um, um, it's However, the indoor game has an opportunity to get out of there in two and a half hours. Most of the time when they go three hours, it's because they went a little bit too long in halftime. Um, so you're looking at those, working together, you know, but I'm not necessarily a guy that minds the time. But, um, but if you're sitting in front of a TV by yourself, you know, waiting to try to get, I think I understand that. But if, we're, if you're with a group, I don't see there's a problem. Tarvin? Yeah, I mean, I just don't like it. I just think it's too long. And, and here's the deal. The thing about basketball and in football, they're very fast games and things happen in baseball. I mean, if you can't make the call at first base, you probably don't need a job. And you're probably going to miss some anyway. But it takes too long. But my biggest problem is if you're using a tool that's slowing down the game, at least use it for what it's intended to do is reverse bad calls. And we saw it the right. first inning. Of the first game, so that's my only beef with it, and it takes forever. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's one of the things that does take time. Um, but and if you want to watch this, by the way, it's on a live stream on Major League Baseball uh, dot com. Um, yeah, so if, if you're interested in watching that, or you, you obviously you know, can't see it 
you can go to MLB.com. But you know, let, let's talk about Major League Baseball because the Chicago Cubs do what you know they have not done for 109 years. So I know, I know Cuervo is uh, is a guy that's probably really waiting with with bated breath on opening day as the Chicago Cubs take on the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a great rivalry, by the way. I lived in between both towns, so I, I know the I know the the Cardinal fan, I know the Cub fans, and I know the guys that like both. I was one. That having been said, it, you, are you looking forward to this season on what the Cubs can do this year, Cuervo? And if you are, where where do they need improvements if they need any? Well, Sonny, I mean, of course, I'm I'm excited. Uh, for the first time in my lifetime, I could say the Cubs are going to be defending their World Series championship this year. Uh, but as far as improvements. I would have to say um, I think that you know, I think the, outward, the outfield maybe needs a little work, uh, you know, as far as you know, what's the rotation going to be? Because that's the big talk is, is you know, the, the Cubs have the, all the talents that they have. How are they going to fit everybody? Uh, how they gonna? How's everybody gonna have to play a role in, in the season? You know, especially with you know Kyle Schwarber coming back for the Cubs this year. Um, what that does is now you've got you know Ben Zobris going back into the infield, which now leaves Javi Baez uh, floating around, and now he's not a full-time starter like he used to be. So. Um, I think Joe Madden's gonna have to be very careful about how he manages, uh, you know, these players, and, and um, nobody starts to get the uh, the feeling of, well, I'm being left out or, or or anything like that, and you know, focus on, you know, focus on, you know, the, the team, the, the team effort, and, and trying to defend the championship. So that's the biggest challenge for for Joe Madden. Um, I, I would like to see a little bit better, uh, you know, bullpen. Because I mean, that's what baseball has come to. Is if you have a lead in the sixth inning, um, as long as you have a solid bullpen, you'll you'll get a lot of wins. That's that's how baseball has changed. It's not about the starting pitching anymore. It's about if your starter gets you through six, you survive that six, and then you let your bullpen take over. Uh, but sometimes Pedro Stroke can be be a little uh, a little crazy, and sometimes he gives up bunches of runs at a time. Um, I do like the Wade Davis move coming over from Kansas City. Uh, he's a lot cheaper than Aroldis Chapman, and he's just as good, if not better. So I, I really like that. But um, you know, that that's where I that's where I like the bullpen maybe be a little bit soft. I yep. I, are they going to make it back there? You think? Do you think we'll see the Cubs yet again in the uh, in, in the World Series? I sure hope so, Sonny. But I mean, you know, you've got you've got the Dodgers who who, uh, who are going to be there again, and, and you know, I'm not going to count the Nationals out. I mean, the Nationals, uh, you know, obviously are are you know they lose. That's their, a pitching machine over there. It, it is. It is. And the, now the downfall to, to Washington 
they let they let their catcher Wilson Ramos walk away. So, um, you know that that's a big thing. Behind every good pitcher, there's a good there's a there's a good catcher. So, I think I think Washington might have made a bad move by letting him leave the team with the rapport that he made with guys like Scherzer and Steven Strasburg and, and those other pitchers that they have. So, it'll be interesting to see. But I still think Washington. Uh, obviously, with Harper and um, and and those pitchers that they have are, are going to be a threat in the National League. So um, it's not going to be easy, Sonny. But but I, I of course I hope that the Cubs make it back. Uh, you know, one ring is is great. I'd like to see them maybe try and go back to back. Tyron, who are you looking at as far as getting there in the National League? Okay, I lost. Okay, I lost Tarvin. I went to him, and so I'm gonna mute. I'm gonna mute Cuervo because I'm getting a little feedback of me uh, one or two seconds later. But that being said, it, it is where it is as far as you know. I, I like the Cubs, but I, I'm actually going with the Nationals. I'm, I'm right there. A team that can pitch is a team that has an advantage. I don't think the Cubs got enough pitching, um, and I agree with it, Cuervo. It's not. It, where the problem is when you when you got a good start when when you're setting starters you got to be able you can hopefully be able to coast in when you're getting your closer out there you, maybe you're bringing your closer in when you have the lead more so than trying to keep them in a game to where they can get the lead and usually end up trying to get it I, I look at that as that's what's Washington's strength is their starting pitching more so than their. Uh, than their bullpen, uh, but I think the strength of that starting squad that's over there in Washington is what will help them. Now, obviously, the bats are going to do what they do, but I think the strength of that team to be a success is going to be the starters, which, like Cuervo said, it's normally you're looking right into that bullpen to decide whether or not your team is going to be successful or not or go far into the playoffs, but in this case, when you look at Washington, they are loaded um, at the uh, uh, starting position. And so I, I like Washington in the National League. Cuervo, go back to you. Who do you like in the American League? Well, I mean, it, it's hard to it's hard to go against what the Red Sox did this offseason, Sonny. I mean, getting getting Chris Sale from the White Sox. Um, now you've got, you know, the, probably the best left-handed duo I think I've ever seen on a baseball team with – with David Price, so um, uh, plus with Porcello, who won the Cy Young last year in the American League. I mean, that's that's a hell of a pitching staff, Sonny. But again, yes, what do they have to show in the bullpen? That that's that's my thing. Is 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 the bull is the bullpen going to be strong enough to hold on to leads that these starters give them, so they can win a lot of baseball games? Um, that's that's the only thing is you know it's, it's great pickup for them. I just don't know if they're strong enough on the backside of their pitching staff. So, um, you know, if it's not Boston, I mean, I, I don't know how how you could not say Cleveland is going to be right there once again. Uh, they got even better this year by adding Encarnacion from the Blue Jays. Exactly. They're, they're even yeah. they're even more strong. They're even stronger offensively. So that's, yep. that's going to be tough for any team to get through. Um, 
So well, you're gonna have to uh, score runs. I mean, you're gonna have to score runs against Cleveland more so than having your pitching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. And and you know, and that's why that's why I think if any any team can get past the Indians in, in the playoffs, it's gonna be the Red Sox with their starting pitching. Their starting pitching is gonna have to be flawless to get through right. that buzzsaw of a lineup. So. Um, you know that that's what I that's what I see in the American League. If it's not the the Red Sox, it's the Indians. Uh, it's going to be one. Of, it's going to be those two uh, in the ALCS for the rights to go to the World Series. I think you know a lot of people are trying to still keep you know count Toronto and things, but I think I, I, I've been reading a lot about Toronto. Yeah, I think they fade away this year, Sonny. I, I just think that they're starting to feel maybe like. Um, you know, this is not the team that is going to be able to get it done. So you, you hold on to some of the younger guys and try and, you know, maybe get some different players or uh, not necessarily, you know, uh, you know, tear the thing down and rebuild it. But I would say probably move some pieces that you have to really take a hard look at and say, well, this guy's dead weight or, or this guy's not just not, well, um, you know what we need, so um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think that's that's what you got with Toronto. I, I don't think I, I would even make the argument that they don't even make the playoffs. Yeah, I I I Lord knows I don't pick Major League Baseball very well, but I've been keeping my nose into it. Lenny Melnick's show I listen to a lot. Um, and so I, 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 I definitely try to keep myself informed. If you if you don't know about Lenny Melnick's uh, podcast, get on over there, put it in there. He helps me fit, you know, know who's good, who's not. Uh, the godfather of fantasy sport, that being uh, Lenny Melnick. I love listening to his show. It's on every morning at uh, 8 or March at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. So if you want to get in and listen to some good baseball talk, definitely get on over there and listen to uh, Lenny Melnick. So uh, we are, I mean, we're in our first hour, about ready to kick it out of the first hour. What we're going to do again is we're going to get our second breakout, and then we only have to take one more for the rest of the day. So we'll do that. We will, we will jump back up on and get back in the well, not back into it. Let's start with some football talk when we come back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back, uh, this should be good. There are a lot of things going on in, uh, in the NFL, lots of stories. Let's hit them all when we come back. In 1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is, amazing people serving amazing drinks amazingly fast. Scooters only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty? The Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooters, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooter's Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66 with a convenient drive through so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooter's Coffee, located in Rowlett.
Buying or selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com. That's Brian with a Y, not nichadwick.jphomesforsale.com. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. Become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special. Two weeks in a free uniform for $19.99. That's right, $19.99 gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chain Lee's at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychainlees.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney, not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. The Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. We represent both individual and small business debtors in Chapter 7, Chapter 11, and Chapter 13 bankruptcies. For more information, come in contact with Greg Mitchell at 972-463-8417. That's 972-463-8417. Or visit him on the web at www.mitchellps.com. Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done, residential, business, or industrial? Contact Allen Bauer Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having, so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price and good customer service, but of course... Give Alan Bauer Electric a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Back on the couch with Davis Ward Show, Sonny Clark. Hardest working man in sports radio as we're coming to you live on Sunday. That being said, you can hear it in off season of the NFL most of the time at noon, sometimes at nine. We'll let you know if it switches to nine. But as of this week uh, and next week, we'll definitely be on about noon uh, next week as well. So that being said. Let's go. Let's talk some of the NFL because obviously that's what we are talking about. And I, I've been doing a lot of reading. Sonny is getting ready. Now, Clairvo, we are doing a, um, a draft show, getting set for the draft. We're going to be on live on Thursday. I've already requested the night off. So that being said, we're going to do that on Thursday night because that's when it happens. I, I, I mean, I don't know if, 
you're falling for a lot of these draft these these draft boards and keeping up listed draft boards. I've been listening and reading on them, and I, I just I I just have really learn to not listen when you start at the end of this, uh, the end of the season last year and looking at where the real talent at the quarterback position was. I like to keep it there um, at the end for a reality check because now we're already, they're already talking about bringing, uh, you know, quarterbacks into the, I, I don't think any really quarterback, someone's going to do it. But I don't think any team needs to be going quarterback in the first round, Cuervo. I, you know, obviously someone's gonna, um, I think, maybe. I don't know. What do you think, Cuervo? I mean, do we see a quarterback go in the first round of the draft this year? Yes, absolutely, Sonny. I do. Um, that's now, sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is sad. And, and you, you know, you mentioned not falling for certain players or certain, uh, you know, position players well i'm not falling for any of the quarterbacks however i'm not an nfl gm so right i i can i can, I can fall out of love easily with these guys because i don't run a franchise and if i did my franchise probably would need a quarterback so you would think for me yeah it's pretty easy for me to say oh these guys aren't worth it but if, if i was in their shoes I would probably be finding ways to convince myself that yeah, yeah, these guys are worth it. It's just, just <laughs> and and that's that's when teams fall into the trap. That's when they you know uh, make the mistake of of taking a guy that is just not worth a first round pick. And it's going to happen this year, Sonny. Now, if you ask me whose team is going to be. I'm about as clueless with that as you are with your NCAA tournament bracket. Okay. I have no <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I it's the I have no clue draft pick. Uh, who's going to be the one that takes Deshaun Watson? Who's going to be the one that takes Trubisky from North Carolina? Uh, Patrick Mahomes from Texas Tech and Kaiser from Notre Dame. I I I wish I knew the answer, Sonny. And the easy the easy pick is the Cleveland Browns because. They have been known to make mistakes with the draft every single season. So Yeah, but really when you look at the Cleveland Browns though, Cuervo, could they really do any wrong with the number one pick? Maybe the thirteen through thirty two pick, maybe. But really with the number one pick can they really miss? Yeah. They could. They absolutely could. <laughs> they they really could. I mean Let's just, I mean, let's just put it this way. The Oakland Raiders drafted Sebastian Kanikowski, a kicker, in the first round. Now, he turned out to be a damn good kicker, but did you really need to draft him in the first round for the Raiders? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, you can mess it up. You know, you, I mean, you, you take, you take, uh, uh, you know, the, the lesser rated quarterback or you take, the, the offensive tackle that nobody's heard of, or you take a, a linebacker that nobody's heard of. So, I mean, there's many ways to mess it up. Um, but I think for this year, Sonny, it's it's a it's like it's like a blueprint. It's it's laid out for them. 
the choice that they have, they absolutely need to and should go with is Miles Garrett from Texas A&M. After that, by all means, if you want to trade number 12 away, if you want to use it on a quarterback, then that's, I guess that's what the Cleveland Browns are going to do. But please do not take anyone else than Garrett with that number one pick. Because if you do that, that's it. It's done. You, you, you officially messed up this year's draft. You might as well go ahead and start prepping for next year's number one pick. Well, yeah, well they, yeah, it, it's the Browns. I mean, they're a success at being horrible. I mean, it, it, this, yeah. is a, this is a football team that cannot get out of its own way, and I don't know how you can miss with that first round pick, with that first pick of the draft. You, you just can't miss well, it. Now, that, honey, I don't know, Cuervo. You know what they should do? You know what they should do is probably watch the movie draft day right before the draft starts. Probably yeah. help them lead to it. Go with that number one pick because if you've seen the movie, you know exactly yep, what did. I'm talking. Of course, I've seen it late. I didn't fall for going out and seeing it right away. I waited and waited and didn't listen to the reviews. I actually can say I thought it was okay. I'm not going to say it was great, but it was okay. It was entertaining. But the Cleveland Browns with the number one, it, there's no question. I think. You have teams in the NFL like the Dallas Cowboys wish they had a defensive end. And by the way, mute your uh, your your microphone there, Cuervo. Um, well, I'm gonna, but, uh, Sonny, I'm going to hang up. I'm going to hang up for about five minutes. I'll be right back. I got to take care of something real quick. Ten four. All right. So, but the, the the Cleveland Browns are a football team that really can't miss. Now. My, my, you look at some of these football teams, and, and I'll just stick here, especially just with our locals. One of the biggest things that you want in, on this football team is a pass rusher. There's no question. And right now, coming out of Texas A&M, obviously being a local boy, homegrown and everything right here, in, and, and everything, this is the guy that you might want to go ahead and get if you're a Dallas Cowboy. Now, th- it'll be interesting to see if – Miles Garrett falls, which I don't think he should. If he doesn't go number one, if there should be no reason why he doesn't go two or three. But every team in the NFL needs a pass rusher. And I don't think you can – and that position, obviously on the defensive side of the ball, if you can't make and get to the quarterback – you're not going to stop too many, even bad football teams on the offensive side of the ball. So you got to be able to get pressure on the quarterback. The Browns need, the Browns need a quarterback, but there's nobody up here at this point for the Browns to take. The way they screw this up is that they reach for a quarterback with that number one pick. I don't, I, I don't know. I, you know, sometimes I go, well, they can't be that stupid. That's usually what I think. But we are talking the Browns here. This is not a franchise that has been known to do the right things at the right time. So when I look at a lot of football teams, when I look a lot of look at a lot of guys on what's going out, if the Browns stay away from the quarterback position, I mean, it's like yeah, there's an old saying when some when someone's so bad. They couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. If the Browns don't go quarterback, 
I think they can hit the broadside of a barn. I think the only way they miss the broadside of the barn is if they go quarterback. Now, we can talk about positioning, and the Browns know. Come on. The Browns know, really, with the number one pick, who the top two player at each position are, and they really can't miss. But that being said, then you've got a situation here, and, and I'm going to put it out here because I don't think it's a stretch. This season with the Cleveland Browns being the number one pick, can we honestly, and I mean honestly, sit here and wonder if the number one pick will say, screw this, especially if he's an underclassman, and go back. I mean, I think this is the first year. I mean, I can just hear him say, with the number one pick, it's going to, you know, it's going to be this guy. Oh, no! I can just hear it. I don't even think you can... And this might be me. I, I'm probably wrong when I say this. I don't think anybody can find anything good to say about being the Browns' number one draft pick in 2017 when, when they look back upon their career. That's how bad the Browns are. And, and frankly, they, they should not be as bad as they are. They have, not more than just a few years ago, did very well in free agency. But like they say, when they start talking, the NFL, you start talking about players, a reputation of a team can overlap the talent that went there. And that's what we're getting there. I don't, I don't know what it is. That front office in Cleveland, the ownership, something's got to change. Now, a lot of people say, well, ain't you and that's when you develop change. Well, you've got to be able to get the guys in order to get better. And if they keep with the same ownership, if they keep with the same guys that they have, I don't see them getting that job done. That's how bad the bombs are. They can't keep what they got and get any better. You would think they can't get any worse. I'm almost afraid that they will get worse. But you look at that division. The the AFC North is stacked, whether it's Baltimore, the Bengals. The the Bengals, if they figure out how to win in a playoff, that'd be amazing. And and then you got the Steelers. They can go get the oldest players out there and still make the playoffs and 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 make strides in the NFL each and every week, each and every year. The Browns can't play. I mean, if you're a Browns fan, and Ob, I know you're out there listening. I'm feeling bad for you. I mean, I I don't know how it. I, I mean, I thought it was bad being a Jaguar fan. Folks, if you're a Browns fan, I feel for you, man. I, I mean, and you got a lot of guts to admit that you're a Browns fan. The Browns got to build within themselves, which is grab that talent and produce that talent and keep that talent going. If they don't, they are going to be in for another long season, and they need to draft well. Like I said, the number one, if they're not taking that guy, then they're making a mistake. I mean, you know, you look at the draft and where everybody likes 
what's going on. Everybody likes their guy. But Miles Garrett makes your team better regardless, even if you don't have a quarterback. But will the culture of losing, and, and that's probably a shocker for a lot of these players in the first round, if you're being considered number, a first round, I mean, you're talking about programs that win. And then you go to the Browns and start losing. How much mentally does that affect those players? It's got to be there. And I don't think it's, you know, crazy to say that when you got a guy that is used to winning or coming from a national championship or always going for the national championship to consistently losing. It's crazy. But the Browns, listen, the Browns have the I'm looking at the draft order. Okay, they got the number one pick. It's hard to miss. It really does. But the Browns also got the second pick from San Francisco. So, the number one and number two. Trombowski is the guy that they're talking, and I'm telling you if the Browns make this move, this is a big mistake. Because you can get, I, something tells me you can get that guy at 30, you know, at 33. And I might be wrong, but the number one and the number two picks in this draft, if, if the Browns can't make out like a band that they've lost, I mean, they need to trade one of them. The Chicago Bears at number three. Now, this is a football team, I'm going to tell you right now, need a quarterback. Um, and that, and that's it's a disgusting mess. It's an embarrassment. They need a wide receiver, and they need over the top help. I, I'm gonna tell you right now, they need safety because over the top they get they have they they have not been able. And I'm gonna bring Cuervo back in Cuervo. I know they need a quarterback, but I don't think if you're the Bears, you go you don't you go quarterback. I think you definitely go safety or offensive line. Uh, obviously. I'm normally a proponent that goes offensive line that says that, but they need help over the top, Cuervo. They need a true safety out there. And I think it's one that, you know, everybody might think it's their quarterback that needs, a, that is their biggest need. Um, some people even might think it's wide receiver. Wide receivers are a dime a dozen. But a true good safety, Cuervo, this is a football team in dire need of that position. Absolutely, Sonny, and and I've got I've officially jumped off of the Jonathan Allen bandwagon, uh, the guy from Alabama, because well they just don't pan out. I mean they they it's kind of like what Tarvin talks about with all Alabama players is that they perform so well in college and then they just kind of they they're gassed out when they get to the NFL. And the exception is the two wide receivers that we see in the NFL. Uh, Really quick, let me jump in there. You didn't hear my theory on that. My theory is is that normally these number one, number two, number three guys that are coming out are coming from winning programs, and then they go to losing franchises such as the the Browns, the 49ers, the Bears. I mean, they're going to losing franchises, and it messes with their head. And and that very well could be, Sonny. There may be some truth to that. Um, At the same time, though, just because you're on a losing team, should that take away from your production as an individual player? I mean, 
Because if you're not part of the if you're not part of the solution, then you're just part of the problem. And if you don't feel like being a part of the solution is, is reducing, then I mean, now you force the team's hand to pretty much you know call it a loss. You know, as far as the first round pick. I mean, look at look at what Amari Cooper did for the for the Raiders. Look Absolutely. At has done for the Atlanta Falcons. Those are the only two Alabama players that, in my mind, have really stood out in the NFL in the past 10 years. Um, yeah, and remember what, remember what the Falcons did to get Julio Jones. Yeah, and, and, and you're right. And, and luckily for them, I mean, he's hand out. Uh, I'm not going to say it's paid off, but he has become the wide receiver that everyone expected him to be. Now... You could make the argument that Mark Ingram has has had a good career, uh, but he's had some injuries, and he's not, you know, your 25 carries per game Pro Bowl type running back. But he's had a good solid season or or career. Other than that, though, you look at all the rest of these Alabama guys, Sonny, and I'm not impressed. So I'm not either. The Bears going with Jonathan Allen, uh, the defensive tackle from Bama. I'm I'm off I'm off the uh, the bandwagon for that. I think yeah, they need to go safety, Cuervo. They they got beat so well, bad, and it, you know, and, and a lot of the time because they didn't have over the top help. And and the guy that that they're talking about now is Jamal Adams from LSU. And I absolutely love the idea because the one thing that I can honestly say that LSU produces year in and year out is secondary. Their secondary is by far the best out of any college in the country. It doesn't even come close. And if you want me to give you statistics, I have no problem with it, Sonny. But I think you and I both can go down the list and, and name the names off guys that that have come from LSU that that are that are playmakers and, and guys that are difference makers. Definitely. And, 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 and that, that'd be the question, Cuervo. I think they can move down a couple of spots um, before, they, they lose, before they lose them. I think the Bears are actually in a pretty good place to trade away. By the way, and I, just, and I didn't know this, it, Cuervo, the Browns have the number one and number two pick in this draft. So they're going number one and number two. They got some, some happened. Now I'm not sure when it went down, but I'm looking at the draft order, and this was just published today. Um, that that April first, right? Yep, April first. They got the number one and number two pick. Sunny, Sunny, what? Come what? On, Sonny. What's what's April first? What is, all, what is that day also known? Oh, it, it, that, that makes me mad. See, Sonny fell for it. I, yeah, this, that, now, that's some, that's some BS right here. <laughs> I'm sorry, I hate that. I don't mean to laugh at you, man, but... but oh, uh, no, I, mean, I, 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 I don't keep track. Oh, my God. I thought I missed something, which that happens a lot, <laughs> uh, obviously. Uh, <laughs> All right, so 
So you're San Fran. All right, so it is San Francisco. By the way, what's San Francisco going to do with that number two pick then? Uh, well, I mean, they're another team that has to make the decision of are one of these quarterbacks worth taking in the first round? You know, oh, maybe God. they're the team that starts. Maybe they're the team that starts the trend of drafting these quarterbacks way earlier than they should be getting drafted. What, so, who are they going to go for? Trubisky? I mean, that's what I've been hearing. Is that really valid? I mean, my God. I mean, if you're going to get a quarterback, and I know this guy is good, but I don't think he is the guy. Right now, I want to see that guy sit for a year or two. Yeah. I, I mean, either that or or they wait till next year and they try to get Sam Darnold from USC just like everybody else is waiting to see what happens with him. So, and it makes sense for the Niners because he's a, he's a, he's a West coast guy and, and I'm sure he would love nothing more than to stay on the West coast. Um, so with that, with that said, Sonny, I mean, if San Francisco had to take something other than a quarterback, I could very well see them taking uh well, it's, it's tough. I mean, you can you can make a case for an offensive lineman. You can make a case for um, they maybe they they take a flyer on Allen, Alabama, uh, or they may they may even go way out of left field and take uh, the Clemson receiver Mike Williams. I mean, then I'm sure they would love to have a playmaker, uh, you know, out there. Uh, at, at Whiteout, so there's really, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, San Francisco needs a lot of help. Really. That's why the pick, but uh, right, you know, the, the, those, you know, number one and two, it's going to set the tone for what the Bears do at three, and then what what, uh, what Jacksonville does at number four. So it's it's really going to be interesting to see. Well, Clever, I think I'm in agreement with you. I think uh, Jamal Adams is the guy that the Bears need to go after. Uh, I'm right there with you. I, I'm in love with that guy, for especially over the top. He he might go uh, before Leonard Fournette, uh, uh, for, for and that would be that would be huge. I'll tell you, you know, you know, the draft order obviously means. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, we already seen a rookie uh, running back make some big noise in Ezekiel Elliott. Everybody, I don't know. I, you know, you know. The, the, I have to say, the Chicago, the, the Dallas Cowboys sure in the hell got lucky. Not only did they get their quarterback, but they got their running back. The running back, obviously, their first pick in the first round. I mean, they got nothing but greatness from that pick. And then they just turn around, they grab their, their franchise quarterback, and they discover he's the franchise quarterback in their first year. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, the Dallas Cowboys sure in the heck were lucky last year at where they ended up with their draft this year. And they got to look at last year's draft as nothing but only positive. Yeah, you know, and people and – people, uh... I don't want to say warned everybody, but I mean all the all these draft experts they they uh you know they made it known that look Dak Prescott can be a sleeper in this draft and sure enough I mean you know he fell into the right hands 
you can I mean you can all you can argue all day whether if that cut was on any other team would he have had the success that he had this year. But Good point. the fact of the matter is he got drafted by Dallas and they were very successful. Um and the rest is history, so you know, in reality, I mean we were warned, Sonny. We were warned that that Prescott was going to be a guy that teams yes. should take a little more seriously. Um, I remember that in know, the draft when we were doing that draft show. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I'll, I'll be honest, Sonny. I was not a believer of Prescott. I didn't think he had enough experience. I didn't. I didn't think that he had enough intelligence to to be the quarterback that he was and play at the level that he played at and. I mean, you know, I got my full serving of pro, and I ate it with, with pride. So um, now the question is, can he do it again? I mean, it's great. It's good to have a rookie, good rookie season, and that's, that's fine and dandy. Can he do it again this year, though? That's going to be He may crazy. have to reinvent himself, Cuervo. And, and, and I say that because I, I'm going to put it out there. Um, go ahead and mute your, mute your, hear, your headphone because I'm still getting that feedback. But – I'm going to put it out there, folks, and especially my folks are going to hate Sonny Clark. They're going to love the fact that I did the play-by-play for the Rowlett Eagles, but I'm, I'm putting it out there way before anybody else. This football team has had too many losses on the defensive side of the ball. Now, granted, they, they played above and beyond, above and beyond what they expected, uh, what I expected from them. They actually played very good defense. Okay, now you had guys that had to step forward in order to do that. And they lost those guys here in the offseason. This is a team on the defensive side that has taken a beating, Cuervo. And I'm going to put it out there, the Dallas Cowboys aren't going to make the playoffs. They're going to lose games. Not because Dak Prescott is going to go into the sophomore slump, although that could just make it worse. Um, But I'm going to tell you, when you lose as much as the Dallas Cowboys did defensively, and granted, that defense wasn't anything to write home to mama about in the first place when you were at the beginning of the season. You were like, well, they better score a lot of points because they're going to have to. Well, contrary to my prayer, they actually played in on the defensive side of the ball, played well. But I'm going to tell you, the losses on the defensive side of the ball this year, Cuervo, is going to be the demise of this team. It's not going to be the offense. The offense is going to be there. But I think they're going to lose games. I think they're going to lose games in the fourth quarter. And that's going to be the thing that comes back and haunts the Dallas Cowboys, especially if they don't go after a pass rusher. But the only problem with that is, Cuervo, they're losing so much in the secondary that they might, they might have to go away from a pass rusher and see what they can get in free agency because uh, if you're going to have success in the NFL, there are certain places where you can have it. One is in the secondary because you're younger, you have fresher legs, and if you are smart, you can play the safety position in the NFL. Notice how I didn't say corner because you got to have you have to have speed and smarts. So I think the Dallas Cowboys, if they don't go defensive end, they're going to go into the secondary, and I think they're going to be forced to go into the secondary because of the losses, Cuervo on the defensive side of the ball for, for the for the Cowboys. And I don't see him even making the playoffs. So that means I'm sitting here thinking the Eagles or the uh, Giants or, um, or the Washington Redskins are going to win this division, and another team is going to finish ahead of the Cowboys to make the playoffs. 
this this is not the time to lose some good players, even though they they are really not considered number ones. When you look at the guys that the the Cowboys lost, but they, these were guys that made made play after play and put play after play with production that was above what anybody expected from them. I think it hurts this team this year going into 2017, 2018, Cuervo. Yeah, I think it could too, Sonny. I mean, they, they uh, I mean, just go back to their last playoff game against Green Bay. I mean, uh, good point. Some of, some of the things that, that unfolded in that game, obviously Aaron Rodgers gets hot later in the game and, um, uh, or I'm not sorry, I'm not getting hot, but he, uh, you know, he just kind of put the nail in the coffin on them. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I think that right there kind of tells you, like, wow, we can't let that happen again. So, uh, obviously, secondary is, is definitely, I think, a position of need for them. Uh, I would even make the argument that a, getting a corner is is probably the priority because the good foundation of a, of a good football team is having that, that shutdown corner that can take you can take your number one wide receiver away so um, you know before any safety help comes in I really think they need to find themselves a shutdown corner yep uh, that, that, I don't think you get that in the draft right away where but that's my only thinking I, I might be wrong in that maybe maybe they can grab a corner that can go out and have an impact but remember what every rookie and listen, I've been listening to lots of rookies in their second and third years going, I cannot believe the speed. And that's what you get in the NFL, whether it be a wide receiver or just the play itself. And for them, they got to get caught, you know, they got to be better than what they were in college, which no one ever expects from anybody in reality. Uh, you know, the speed of this game, the NFL game, is unbelievable. So I, that's where that's why I say safety more so than quarterback uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. They, they're, they're just going to – it's going to be interesting to see what they do. And, and for my local sake, I hope I'm wrong because last year's, you know, success, you can say whatever you want. They should have won that game, that Green Bay game. They should have, they should have been the team – uh, that w- gave the next round a, a good game instead of the Green Bay Packers getting pounced on. Um, that having been said, um, I think the Dallas Cowboys, they're going to have to definitely pursue the defensive side of the ball. It's going to be interesting to see what they do in order to fill the holes when they've lost some guys, uh, you know, and that, that's going to be huge. Now, Cuervo, some of the other big things that we're, that we're talking about, and for the last two weeks I've been hearing – Colin Kaepernick, uh, will he stay, will he go? Uh, but I, I, one guy made the statement that I was, you know, going to work early. I mean, Mike Golick is – sometimes I should – whenever that guy sometimes talks, I, I, I think of him as a wrestling announcer. And what I mean by that is, is a, it's a wrestler's job uh, – announcer in wrestling is to get a guy over to make him more poppy. And sometimes Golik sometimes will say some of the craziest stuff. And this is going contradictory of what he was saying last year about Colin Kaepernick. Um, Now he thinks Kaepernick should stay right there in San Francisco with, with the new head coach, Kyle Shanahan, which by the way, I think is not a bad pickup for the Washington Redskins at their head coaching position, but really 
if you're Kyle Shanahan, do you want that baggage still there when you when you take the field for your first game, whether it be a preseason game or week number one in the NFL? Do you still want Colin Kaepernick on your football program uh, there in San Francisco? Absolutely not, Sonny. And, and nine times out of ten, when when you get a new head coach and you get a new GM and get a whole new staff in there, the uh, the quarterback is, is surely to fall right behind. So um, as far as exiting the door, and you know, for Colin Kaepernick, I think all signs are pointing that the 49ers are not going to resign him. He's going to find he's going to find employment somewhere else not going to be with San Francisco. Now the question becomes, well, who's that team that takes a chance on him? And, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I honestly have not heard any teams that are interested in signing Colin Kaepernick. Now there might be a team that is quietly considering it and quietly, you know, speaking to his agents about possibly maybe doing a one-year deal. As far as it going public, I haven't heard anything. So I, I haven't heard it either. But, but that tells yeah. me that tells me right there, Cuervo, that someone's looking at it. Coming into the draft, if the government into the draft, someone's looking at this guy. I'm sorry, say that question again, Sonny. Uh, coming into the draft, Cuervo, I think someone's looking at him. Remember this is the time of the year where you got coaches and everybody else you know, fielding all the questions and putting up all the fronts and everything else. Uh, we don't need that guy. And then they'll turn around and grab the guy uh, or whatever the case may be. And, and then, you know, they do a total 360 when we move into the draft. So I think this is the time of year where the, you know, the, the cloak and dagger, the, 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 what's it, the smoke and mirrors uh, all come up. No one's talking about Colin Kaepernick. And I'm telling you right now, the Jets, have their eye on this guy. I don't care what anybody says. Okay, the Jets need a quarterback. And Colin Kaepernick, granted, he, it's, it wasn't the right situation. And one of the things that I think I will say in a positive about Todd Bowles being the, quarterback, or the, the head coach of this football team is I think he can get to guys. I think he can. I think he can get to young guys like Colin Kaepernick and get them to play for him. I think that he is he can be successful at that with a Colin Kaepernick. Now, somebody else maybe not, but a controversial guy, a guy that seems to be you know obviously on the side of controversy more so than getting in trouble, trying to rebuild his image. I think Todd Bowles might. And should and the Jets. I'm not saying they're going to win games with them. I'm not going. I'm not going to go. Out. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's a quarterback position right now. I, and I'll say it. I'd rather have Colin Kaepernick than almost anybody coming out of this draft right now. If I am the Jets, and that is one of the reasons why I think that he goes there. And now, you're not reading that. That's just Sonny Clark thinking about where he could actually go. Colin Kaepernick, is, and if he's going to be on a losing team, he might as well stay in San Francisco, Cuervo. So the fact that he's going to Cleveland and all these other teams, I don't see it. He's got all the money in the world. He is going to go there. However, I think he could go to the Jets. The only thing that that guy needs to do is he better take a crash course on how to handle the media because if he's going to get beat up, it's not going to be out on the football field, Cuervo. That media will eat him alive. So, you know, but I, I really, I was looking at all the teams that really 
I mean, there's some teams that could go for him. Hell, I even think your Chicago Bears should have went for him instead of the two monstrosities that they got over there right now. Um, you know, so there are some teams that can use a Colin Kaepernick, but right now to get the best out of Colin Kaepernick, I think you got to be a team that can be considered a good team and can can be considered a playoff contender in order for him to play well. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams. Well, I shouldn't say a lot, but there's a few teams that you know. A quarterback is what they all they really need. I mean, you look at the situation down in Houston. I'm sorry, but they're not. It doesn't look like they're exactly jumping at the opportunity to grab up Tony Romo. So uh, now Tony Romo is exactly jumping after that. It's the other way around. Well, it's a mutual feeling, Sonny. I think you know everybody was trying to to sell the the public and fans and and everybody else on on it's such a great fit, but. You know, they they asked everybody except Tony Romo and the Houston Texans themselves. So, in reality, I mean, I think it's a mutual feeling that he doesn't want to go there and they don't want him there. So, um, it's it's just not going to happen. Um, but I think Houston is a team that all they really need is a quarterback. They, they've got they've got a solid running game. They've got a good defense. Um, if Colin Kaepernick was to go to the Houston Texans, I think I'm not going to say they're a Super Bowl contender, but man, they're right there, Sonny. They're right back in the playoffs. They're right there competing with the Patriots once again, and uh, you know, for for at least a few years to come. So, you know, Houston, I think is the, New York. Look, New York, you got to have a guy with thick skin. Colin Kaepernick does not have thick skin. That's, why that's great yeah, you know, and, uh, that, and that's why Butler is not a, a Jet right now because we all know it's. It, I don't. I don't think it's really the issue of that color doesn't have thick skin. I think. <laughs> I think his. He doesn't care enough. Just, he don't, yeah. His, I mean, his. Yeah, he just doesn't care enough, and that's what's going to get him uh, beat up by the media. There, it's not. Did he ever care, Quavo? Mm. I, I, I gotta, I gotta put it out there. It, when he, when he got moved away from the Broncos, I think that 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 killed him. I really do. I think he wanted to stay there. I and never mind that. People liked him up there. I, but as soon as that guy got traded, that guy, that guy lost all, all wants to play football at a high level anyway. Mhm. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I think I think with with Cutler, Sonny, I mean, he's, uh, you know, it's just his problem is just that he, you know, winning, he doesn't really. I should say that he doesn't care, but his mentality is, oh, there's always next week, there's always next season. Listen, dude, you've been in the league ten years now. Like, there's only so many next week. <laughs> And next season's for you. So you you might want to start actually putting some thought into that and, and saying, oh, damn, if, if I'm going to win a championship, I need to do it now. So, right. I mean, you know, the, the Chicago media beat them up after a couple of years of, of just having that whatever attitude. Imagine what New York is going to do. I mean, New York is, is just going to 
they're going to have their way with a guy like Jay Cutler. And I, for a guy like that, I mean, I, I don't know. I, he may he may do one year in, with the Jets and, and be done. But right. a guy like Kaepernick, I mean, you're talking about a guy that won't even stand for, for the national anthem. I mean, that guy – you got you got the, uh, the you know the the fire departments out there. You got the NYPD out there. All these people that that represent. Great point. Uh, Huge point. You know, the, I didn't even think you know, about the, that. The people that protect America. <laughs> come on, dude. Like you, those, those antics are. You're gonna have to move on from that. Like, yeah, you made your yeah. stance last year, and that's great and all. Um, obviously, you know, you got you got ridiculed for it. But um, you know, it's it's kind of it's time to play along. And if he if he wants to have a job, he's gonna have to play along by by the rules of being an American. I know that's a lot to ask, but hey, you know, if, if you want to have a job that pays you millions of bucks, um, you know, to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, I don't think it's gonna kill you, buddy. Right. And I don't think it is either, regardless what point you want to make. I, you know, I didn't even think about the New York stance. I'm going to just back off of that statement. So maybe Houston is the right place for him to go. Yeah, well, I mean, as you know, Sunny Texas, they're pretty, they're pretty, uh, you know, pretty patriotic down there too. So. You know, you got to be careful. Yeah, but I don't think it's as much, obviously, Cuervo. I mean, look what happened in New York compared to Texas. I mean, they got the Bible Belt, and they are pretty patriotic, but I think everything in New York is all about patriotic. So I don't think – now that I think about it, I just don't think it's a good fit. I was thinking more just football more so than how you fit amongst the fans. Well, and the reason I bring that up, though, Sonny, is because – Let's say today, and it's not an April Fool's Day anymore. So if if it gets if it gets reported, it's real. Um, that that Colin Kaepernick signs with the New York Jets, the, it's that is going to be one of the first things that gets brought up. Is like, okay, well, do you can do you plan on continuing to make these political stands? And that answer in itself is going to have to be thought out. It's going to have to be. Um, you know, a bit, there better be a good reason why, if you are going to make some sort of political stand, you better have a good reason why. Because in New York, buddy, like I said, you've got everybody there. All eyes are, are on you. Um, so that's that's something that he's going to have to think about. And and nobody's saying that he can't do, you know, make his make his little stands and whatnot. And I mean. As as everybody says, Sonny, they have the right to do that. However, yeah. at the same time, when you are the starting quarterback for the New York Jets, um, there's a little more to it than just, well, my name is Colin Kaepernick, and I I opt to not stand for the pledge of elite or you know for the uh, national anthem. <laughs> I mean, you're not just an average Joe in New York City walking around. He's a starting quarterback for the Jets, so you're going to get a lot more attention than than you or me, Sonny, that would be walking down the street over there in New York City. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, interesting. Yeah, it, it should be, you know, interesting to see where Colin Kaepernick ends up 
and where he if and when he is able to you know hit the football field and be productive for someone because let's be honest when you get in Colin Kaepernick Cuervo you got to hopefully get that talent that took the San Francisco 49ers into the NFC championship game you know two years in a row Yeah. Wait, what 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 about two championships in a row? Well no, what you got I mean, if you take that chance on Colin Kaepernick, you gotta hope you get that guy that did take him to the NFC championships and into the Super Bowl. It's not that they won one, but yep. get that same guy that had that kind of production. Yeah, no, you're right. And I mean it's I think You've got a good coach in polls. You've got a playmaker in Eric Decker, Matt Forte. Uh, so he's got people around him that can help him be productive. It's just, it's just like you said, it's just a matter of, I think, I think his confidence was lacking a little bit, Sonny. And, and that's the, that's the problem that happened with Kaepernick too. Is, you know, he had a couple of bad games and he started to question himself and his ability as a quarterback. And a guy like Jim Harbaugh, who's not there now to kind of pick him back up, that's what he was missing. And right. once, he started, once he started losing that confidence, he was never able to really get it back. And He lost it when they really lost Harbaugh, Harbaugh. Let's be honest. I mean, when a coach decides that they don't bring their starting quarterback – uh, at the beginning of the season, being Alex Smith back, and they go with you. Obviously, the, you you got to love for that coach. And when that coach Jim Harbaugh left, that that was the end of his career at that point. And that's exactly what I'm saying, Sonny. You know, I think once Harbaugh left and Kaepernick had a couple of bad games, I think he started to question himself and his ability and his confidence. And when you know, because Harbaugh wasn't there to kind of pick him back up and tell him that he's going to get through this, um, I think it was just a downward spiral for, for Colin Kaepernick. And, and this is what the result is. Now it's, now it's, it's the question of, is he even going to make a team? Uh, so, but I think, I think there are some goods that can come out of him going to New York. Um, I just think it's, and it has nothing to do with him on the field. That's going to be the issue. It's going to be everything that, that, that is connected to his name off the field. Those are going to be the questions that the people in New York are going to want to ask about. They don't care about because they, I'm sure they know what he can do on the field, but he's going to have to answer those questions about his, you know, who he is off the field. That's going to be the thing. Big time. Yeah. They have to worry about off more so than on first. So I, I think I am in full agreement with you as far as, where Colin Kaepernick, where does he fall? I don't know. That's going to be an interesting situation where they get all, all set up. Um, uh, moving on, uh, you know, Cam Newton, he goes ahead and he does get that uh, the surgery that he was planning on getting. Now he might not make the uh, training camps and everything, but out of all the guys that I'm worried about, I'm not worried about Cam Newton making it back for that. Yeah, I mean, he, he may he may not play as much as as people would like for him to play in the, in the preseason or whatever. But I mean, you're talking about a former MVP, so I mean, 
how much does he really need to prove, I guess, exactly. with a shoulder injury. With a shoulder injury, maybe there are some things that, that the coaches are going to want to see. Uh, but, but at the same time, I mean, Cam Newton is, is, is a guy that has already proven what he can do on the field. So even if he sits out the whole preseason, I don't think Panther fans need to be too concerned about it. Um, and, and just like we talked about last week, though, Sonny, I mean, couldn't this surgery have been done even a month ago, let alone two months ago? Yeah. We talked about that. I was just like, I don't know why they were waiting. I, maybe I don't know the specifics, but if he was okay to go up underneath the night two months ago, they should have done it without, without question. So here's what we're going to do, Cuervo. I'm going to take a break here. I'm going to have you hang up. I'm still getting a lot of feedback from your uh, headset. So we're going to take a break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more NFL uh, here. On that being said, we will be right back. At Regal and Rustic Estate Sales, let us take the burden out of hosting, staging, and cleaning of your estate sale or liquidation. We will provide reliable, friendly service with an experienced crew. We have an excellent reputation for professionalism with exceptional customer service and knowledge. We understand that staging and drawing attention to your sale is key. Most importantly, we listen to our customers' needs and pay attention to detail. That is what separates us from other local estate sales and companies as we truly care about your presentation, property, and belongings. That's Regal and Rustic Estate Sales. Contact Renee Sheffield at 972-861-0231 or check us out on the web at regalandrustic.com. Don't just call any heating and air conditioning repairman. Call an expert. At Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning, we are your experts. Whether it's a seasonal maintenance that keeps your system running at a peak efficiency or a complete replacement of your system, Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning does it all. Common Sense Solutions for your home comfort. Stevenson's, where quality is our standard, not our goal. Give them a call at 972-475-3227 or check them out on the web at stevensonshvac.com. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast.
Unpleasant surprises can be annoying, but sometimes they can be devastating. If your retirement plan is vulnerable to unpleasant surprises, you do have a choice. There are strategies that can help ensure any surprise is a welcome one and reduce the threats to your retirement. Nest Egg Wealth Advisors specialize in helping protect your portfolio from unpleasant surprises. Visit nesteggadvice.com or give them a call at 972-412-6064 to request a guide to your nice, predictable retirement. Okay, we are back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, as we are here on our Sunday morning tradition. Um, Cuervo, how much longer do you have with us before you got to bail? I'm here as long as you need me, Sonny. Okay, we got one more or one more hour to pack through. Uh, let's go ahead. And let's talk about some of the other things that are going on in the NFL. Some movements on this. Kobe, Josh Kobe, going to get signed a one-day contract to retire as a Jaguar. 49ers uh, free agent uh, Hightower, uh, the running back Tim Hightower, used to be with the Saints, used to be with the Arizona Cardinals. Now he signs with the 49ers. That's an interesting move because when you looked at Hightower Cuervo a couple of years ago with the Arizona Cardinals, boy, he looked like he was going to take over the running back position there. He sure did, Sonny. I mean, he had he had a couple of pretty good seasons. And, you know, as most running backs, it happens to. He, uh, you know, he just kind of faded away through the injuries and, and it just wasn't the same guy that he was when he was playing with the Arizona Cardinals. He was the Saints. Did some good things, but um, those injuries that he suffered in Arizona, I think kind of did him in. But, yeah, yeah hopefully he gets a shot in San Francisco and maybe he can maybe he can find find his, uh, you know, find his health again and, and can be a productive running back. And what does that say yeah, about he Carlos Hyde? Was- I mean, that's, that's what I'm curious about. Well, well, Carl, wait a second. Carlos Hyde retired last year and then resigned. So, you know, he's kind of, to me, when I see that kind of movement, and I, and you know, Sonny, I, I was actually a big fan of Carlos Hyde. I think this guy was that prototypical running back, that big guy that will make a difference, that big guy that will go in there and, you know, at the running back position. I thought his size was perfect for the running power game. Um, and obviously, uh, it took a toll on him so much so that he retired. And he was like, well, maybe I won't do that. And he retired because of concussions and stuff like that. And there he is right back in it. So, you know, it, you know I, I, I'm not a big believer on his desire to play. So that simple fact, Hightower is going to be very good for him. We're not going to see Carlos Hyde anymore. But, you know, look at the Arizona Cardinals. David Johnson, they, they go to Chris Johnson, you know, former Tennessee Titan and big mouth uh, running back. Um, and, and then they, they're getting some big-time production on David jo- with David Johnson right now, Cuervo. And that's one thing the Arizona Cardinals uh, cannot afford to be without, I think is their running back. Now, granted, they're going to keep Carson Palmer, so I guess he's your guy. But if I, the Arizona Cardinals need to have David Johnson have a good season like he did last year because David Johnson was on fire. He was, Tony, and, you know, he's, he's, he's considered a top 
you know, 10 running back in the league. I'll tell you, that for, for you fantasy players out there, he's a top five running back in the league. So, uh, definitely a guy that, you know, with a lot of production. Um, and, yeah, I mean, without, without him, um, the offense is really – I wouldn't even say it's one-dimensional. It, it's just – just won't function period um i would i would say you know the passing game can kind of carry the load but i mean larry fitzgerald is a year older carson palmer year older michael floyd no longer with the team you know their tight end is is below average so what do they really have in the passing game they really don't have a whole lot so um Without David Johnson, Sonny, the, the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, they're lucky to score 20 points a game, to be honest with you. I agree with you. And not only that, if you look at his production from 2015 to 2016, it, it's twofold, okay? 125 attempts in rushing in 2015 to almost 300 in last year. Um, so 293 295 attempts. 16 touchdowns last year. 2015 had eight. Doubled them up. And receptions. Oh, they realize he can catch and be productive with the ball as well after the catch. The yakety yak. 36 um, receptions in 2015. Last year, 80. This this offense can't be without David Johnson. So the Arizona Cardinals, first of all, better make sure that guy can stay healthy, and then second of all, utilize him in the right way. Because I, I don't, I'm not falling for uh, Bruce Arians thinking that you know he's only you know he's only 22 years old. You can never overuse him. I'm not falling for that because we see too many running backs Cuervo are in and out of the league in three years. And that's usually because of being overworked, and and that's a big problem for running backs. Oh, it most absolutely is, Sonny. I mean, and I mean, that that's the one position where, you know, first of all, the value of the running back has gone down. I mean, big time. Uh, that position is not as coveted as it was 20 years ago when when Barry Sanders and Emmitt Smith were running the league. Now yes. the quarterbacks. So, in reality, I mean, what is the what is the value of a running back on a football team now? I mean, look at the past, you know, five Super Bowl winners. Tell me who the running backs are. I mean, it'd be hard. Exactly. But if I ask, if I ask you who the quarterbacks are, I mean, you're able to spit them out quickly. So that really tells you the difference in, in today's game. And you know, on top of that, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a position where by the time you're 30 years old, I mean, you've already passed your prime. Once you hit 30, right. your prime is done. I mean, and, and anybody's replaceable. Look at Adrian Peterson. I mean, he, he can't even find a team to sign with because, because the, the you know, a guy at his age, even though it's Adrian Peterson, is just not thought of uh, like it used to be. So, um you know, when it comes when it comes to a running back, Sonny, yeah, I mean that's why you see these running backs like David Johnson, they get they get used and abused at such an early age because you, you might as well get what you can out of them. And I know it's the it's probably wrong to say, it's probably you know wrong of teams to do it, but that's that's the way running backs are utilized. You you know you get as much as you can out of them until you 
start to notice a decline in their production, and yet, you know, it's just, just like a just like a disposable, uh, you know, battery or whatever. Once it's once it's done, all the energy's out of it. You throw it away and you go to the next one. Exactly. I yeah. So that that's a uh, football that that's a football player that is definitely uh, a part of what's going on there. So um, really, that being said, I mean I, there were a lot of uh, stories that were put out yesterday. Uh, it, you know, obviously because it being the first uh, boy, oh boy, it, there's one of one of them was uh, David Johnson test positive for. Uh, for David Johnson uh, saying that he is a performance enhancing device. So, uh, you know, so if you just read the, 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 um, the uh, headline, it goes Cardinals star running back David Johnson tests positive and then it goes dot, dot, dot on it. And then you're, and boy, they, I, I bet a lot of, a lot of articles were read yesterday because of BS like Sonny fell for as far as the draft was concerned. Uh, but, but David Johnson, it, yeah, man, that guy is going to be a big part. And I think he's going to be a big part of the offense yet again this next year. Now, will it be 300, 300 rushes? I don't know. Um, but he had over 300 touches last year. And we always talk about that. And by the way, Cuervo, you made an interesting point that it's hard to find running backs. Remember in the day, in, back in the day, I mean, I'm talking 10 years ago, fantasy football players were grafting running backs with their number one pick. Now that, that's gone almost to the wayside. Most, players, most teams are going quarterback or, or wide receiver more so than running back in the fantasy game as well. Yeah, I, for the most part, you're right, Sonny. I think, though, if you still get the top two or three pick in a fantasy in a fantasy league, I think you could still go running back, um, you know, because you, you do have guys like Le'Veon Bell. You do have guys – you do have Ezekiel Elliott, and you have a David Johnson. So those three guys, I think, you know, you can still argue that you can pick those – as your top three guys from there, it's wide open. I mean, it's really depends on your league. You know, if, if, if it's a, if it's a PPR, then yeah, Antonio Brown's could probably give you the next guy taken, uh, or yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, now if for some reason the settings are more favored towards a quarterback, then, well, you'll probably see Aaron Rodgers go. You'll probably see, um, maybe even Tom Brady, um, uh, or, or if you want to take a flyer on a guy like Dak Prescott, I mean, who's to who's to say that that it would be, you know, crazy to I guess do that? But I wouldn't do it personally. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the running backs, like you said, I mean, they're just there. It's not there's not a lot of good ones like there used to be. Those days of, you know, of being running back heavy is, is no longer because of the way the league has changed. Absolutely, lots of changes going on. It definitely, I, I I find it very interesting where certain guys that 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 are able to 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 do that kind of thing. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see where they end up. Uh, some other things, and I get I, I called this a year ago, and now it's amazing how Sonny can predict the future. 
and, and either say whatever you want, but ESPN first take just last week talking about what Sonny Clark was talking about at the beginning of the last season is, is that is Richard Sherman weighing on Pete Carroll. You heard it first, folks. They're in my archives because I gave them something to look at. Cuervo, this, this is something that I saw the, the, this team where it was going, where it was headed, with certain guys that they had, where the positivity of the Seattle Seahawks were going, whether it be, you know, in the next three years or in the next five or six. Sooner or later, you're going to have to do something about, you know, players. And say whatever you want, Richard Sherman. I'm not going to doubt the guy's talent, but I'm going to tell you that guy can wear heavy on you, whether it's mentally or a guy that you just have to deal with. And Pete Carroll is not a guy that likes to deal with this kind of stuff. And sure enough, it comes out, and I, I said it. I said it before. I'll say it again. These two don't like each other at all. And then the question will be sooner or later, or it's, or someone's going to be leaving this football team. And Cuervo, this is a problem in Seattle. I don't care what anybody says. I'm, I was just proven right a year later um, because there is lots of things being swung, you know, in the media. Richard Sherman opening his mouth. You're not hearing from Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's the coach. He, he doesn't get into that. He's not known for his big, fat mouth. But guess who is? Richard Sherman. And I, I think it's beginning to take a toll on Pete Carroll. I'm sure it is, Sonny. I mean, you know, it, it, it was it was all cool, you know, at the beginning, where it's like, you know, the players, that he allowed them to be who they were, and then they started realizing, oh, crap. Okay, well, Richard Sherman's a big mouth. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is a guy that doesn't talk enough. Uh, Doug Baldwin is a guy that goes and he, you know, he rips on Hall of Fame wide receivers like Chris Carter. Maybe this isn't the approach I want to take. Maybe I, maybe I need to change my philosophy as a head coach. And once, once he tried to implement changes, everybody was like, all right, coach, I'll tone it down. And Richard Sherman's like, nah, I'm going to stay who I am. So, okay, fine. Well, now I'm not going to change who I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. New year, new me, right? But uh, Yeah, exactly. But, you know, and, 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 and I think this is going to tell, this is going to be a, a huge telling factor, Sonny, in where the league is. Do the Seattle Seahawks, like you said, do they get rid of Pete Carroll or do they get rid of Richard Sherman? I would not be surprised if Pete Carroll is looking for a job after this season. I think Pete Carroll will do that on his own more so than get fired, Cuervo, because Pete Carroll has been known to run away from problems instead of facing it straight on. And that's what that's what kind of coach he is. All you got to do is take a look at what he did in, uh, over there at UFC. Uh, well, I'm going to play devil's advocate, Sonny. It's kind of it's kind of like going back to the uh, the story of Michael Jordan when he retired the first time. Did he really retire, or was David Good Stern, point. Uh, did he did he order him to uh, step away from the game for a year or so? With Pete Carroll, is it going to be a, a thing of he's going to resign on his own, or is Seattle going to be like, look, we need you, we need you out of here, 
sorry. But we got to look. We got to think about the future. Richard Sherman's still a pretty young dude, and he's and he's really good at what he does. So, Pete, I'm sorry, but uh, we're just gonna make it seem like you resigned, but we're really telling you to go. And, exactly. and who's to say, Sonny? And who's to say that that that, that did not happen when he left USC? Everybody thinks. Everybody is just downright convinced that he left on his own, that he ran away from the problem. I am. I'm convinced of it. <laughs> do we do we know that to be true, though? Do we know that to be 100% correct? Or did they make it seem that way, and USC themselves were like, look, Pete, we, we can't deal with this, man. I'm sorry we got to let you go. However, for a partying gift, we're going to make it look like you resigned. <laughs> I don't know that whole situation, but it is amazing to think, though, Quavo. 2014, and now here we are going into 2017. It's amazing what Super Bowl wins will do for you. Either you're on cloud nine after you win the Super Bowl, but after you don't win the Super Bowl. All of a sudden, these guys start becoming a problem. Lynch, Baldwin, and obviously now Richard Sherman. Yeah. Well, I mean, and 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 um, I'm gonna make the statement, Sonny, and I gotta I gotta hang up for a couple of minutes, and then I'll be right back. But um, you know, it's like you said. You know, it's funny how how when you win a Super Bowl, things are great, and it's easy yeah. to mask any type of of internal issues or concerns that you have with a football team. But when you're the Super Bowl champs, hey, life is good. Hey, we'll deal with that, you know, when when, uh, when we get ready to start doing volunteer OTAs and all this other stuff. For now, hey, mm-hmm. look, we just want to ring. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Go go on vacation. Go celebrate. You know, we'll see you in a few months, ready to, ready to hit it hard, and we'll talk about it then. Okay. All right, fine. Well, then the following year, they get back to the Super Bowl. Hey Pete, don't worry about it. it, it you know, we'll talk about it at the end. Of, you know, when, when we get back, uh, and we'll hit it hard, and then and then we'll discuss it then. Well, now you saw what that happened to them in the playoffs that year. That Carolina smothered them. Yeah. And they're like, hey Pete, we got some issues. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've been meaning to talk about this for a couple of years, and now because we're not in the Super Bowl, well, now we're going to talk about it, right? So yep. my point is, Sonny, it, when you're winning and life is good and your team is making the Super Bowl, it's easy to overlook certain things. But now that the Seattle Seahawks are not the class of the NFC, now they're like, huh, wow, we got a lot of issues, don't we? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. And that's why the Patriots continue to be who they are. The people hate them. Absolutely. But you know what? They, they, they celebrate their championships, and you know what? But at the same time, it all comes down to this one statement that Bill Belichick made. Now, now we're five weeks behind. Now we're five weeks behind because we went to the Super Bowl and we won. We're five weeks behind, so we got to get to work. Now that is what you call championship caliber. It's like, it's like he makes it seem like he's punishing himself and the team for winning championships because the regular season's over with. Right. It, it, so very valid. That's how you did. That's that's when you know excellence is is at its is at its peak. When when you when you have that mentality, of you're behind everybody else because they've been prepping for next season for the past five weeks. 
That's when you know, Sonny, that you're legendary. Yep. Not worried about winning the Super Bowl or the next vacation. And, that, and that's one thing that the, uh, the Patriots don't do very well. So you're absolutely right. Well, since we're going to lose Cuervo for a couple of minutes, we might as well go into another break. And when we come back, we'll finish up the, today's show. Um, so we'll be back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show after we hear from some of our fine sponsors. By the way, those that are listening in, uh, sponsorship is back up for the Wild Eagles. So we need to renew for all of our sponsors here that we are playing, so let's get going with that as well. So that's going to you know, keep going, though, until obviously the first game. Uh, get you all squared with our announcements and things like that. So here we go. We'll take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. We'll be right back. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-star HVAC contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-star HVAC contractors serving Rowlett 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-star HVAC contractors. Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? Ready, set, put 
welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Back here in hour number three of the Couch Potato Sports Show. And that being said, before we bring Cuervo back in, let's talk about the real football season. Of course, that's the indoor football season right here in the Dallas area. As we have two teams in this area for indoor football. Whether you head on over to Mesquite, to the Mesquite Arena to watch the Dallas Marshals. Or head on up a little bit north of there in Allen, Texas, at the Allen Event Center to watch your Texas Revolution. So let's go over the standings really quick, and then I'll bring back in Cuervo. Let's start in the north and champions indoor football. There's Sioux City Bandit, undefeated to this point, and a great game on Friday night if you missed it. Win into overtime, 63-56. to 56. They're on top in the North 5-0. The Bloomington Edge, they get the victory yesterday as they were on the road taking on the Kansas City Phantom. They got the victory 55-43. to 43. They're in second place at 4-1 on the division. I always say champions indoor football is always going to be good when the Omaha beef are a good football team. Guess what? They used to be, they're average now. They're 2-2 two and two on the year for the season. West Michigan Ironman, 1-3, and three, as well as Kansas City and Bismarck. Oh, I'll mark that. Kansas City's 1-3, Bismarck's 1-4, Salina 0-5. Now in the South, where your teams here in the local area play. However, on top of the division is a team that, you know, just played more games. That's the reason why they're on top. The Dodge City Law, 5-0 on the season, and a big-time game yesterday as they got the victory over the Dallas Marshals of this area. They went on the road to take on the, um, the Law, and the Marshals lost 56-19. In second place in this conference, the Amarillo Venom, 3-0. Your Texas Revolution, 3-0 as well. So that is this. Texas Revolution in three games have only given up 74 points in three games. That's telling you something. That defense is super bad. So 3-0 and for the Texas Revolution, then followed by the Duke City Gladiators. They're 2-2. Two and two. The Wichita Force, they get a big-time victory. The defending champions needed this game against the Salina Liberty, and they got it barely, though. 34 to 28, and then the Dallas Marshals, who lost uh, yesterday, they're one and three, and the Syntex Cavalry, 0 and four. They lost to the Texas Revolution by a big number, 83 to 35. That's your standings and champions indoor football. Folks in the Dallas area, make sure you get on over there and get an opportunity. And football season is all year long around here, and you still get a chance to see some good, good stuff. Now, that having been said, I'm going to bring on and back in 
uh, the fine co-host of this program in Cuervo. There's some good news that I like. And there, there's something to be said about this, and I think Tony Romo is going to do this. I told everybody I thought he was going to do it, and I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to be a quarterback coach or some kind of coach for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think you know he has that big contract unless they need him. But how about Danny and Tomlinson? He is joining back with the Chargers, okay, as he is going to be a special assistant to the owner. So you're getting some big you, – if you're becoming a special assistant to the owner, what does that tell you what kind of guy that means to your franchise, Cuervo? But at the same time, I, it, it begs the question, and I'm going to bring it up. This is a, obviously a position made – you know, to to give Ladanian Tomlinson a job. I, I I'm a full time believer in it, Cuervo. So having been said, Ladanian Tomlinson, special assistant to the owner, is is that just the title for I'm just going to be around because I got a great name for this organization, or do you really honestly think he's going to make an impact for the San Diego Chargers? Nope, just the name. That's all they that that's all they want from him. Is they just want his name. Okay. Honestly, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one that feels that way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's not let's not forget how easy we forget how quickly the the San Diego Chargers dropped and cut Ladanian Tomlinson. They dropped him like a bad habit, and now bad habit. now they love him again. All of a sudden, come on. Well, Cuervo, let me be honest with you. Let me be honest with you. I'm going to tell you, I think they should have cut him earlier. I think they should have kept Michael Berger Turner instead of Ladanian Tomlinson. And, and I, I've gone on record at the time that happened. Do you? That was probably right when we started doing this. And I'm sure you thought, oh my God, I'm I'm joining a guy that thinks that. You know, they should have kept Michael Turner instead of LaDainian Tomlinson. For God's sake, I'm doing this show with this guy. Seriously. I, I'm still a firm time. Listen, if you look at the numbers after that move was made, who had the better numbers after that point was Michael Turner, without question. So all you got to do is look at the numbers, Cuervo. Um, and so, you know, it, it, I, I, I'm, gonna, and I'm putting it out there, and I know I'm in the minority. I think Ladainian Tomlinson's overrated. Oh boy, yeah, you're definitely in the minority on that one, sorry. <laughs> uh, I can't, I cannot roll with you on that statement, honey. I'm sorry, but what I will roll with you on is if we were together on the show at that time, which we weren't, but if we were, I probably would have agreed with you that. They should have kept L. They should have kept Turner and let LT go sooner. Yeah, because I'm obviously I'm always a believer, and you keep the younger guy. I mean, what who's going to benefit your franchise for longer? And Turner was obviously the choice at the time, but you know, I mean, the, the Chargers had a different thought. They felt like maybe they owed it to LT to let him stick around for a little while longer. And well, yeah, I mean. You, know, you got a couple of years out of him, but then after that, he, he faded away, and then Darren Sproles came along, and the rest is history. So, um, you know, in reality, um, and as far as him being overrated, oh, sorry, boy, oh, boy. 
I I know it's a tough one because I know everybody likes the guy. But I, I'm I'm gonna tell you I, I I I might be wrong, but I just don't. But getting back to the fact is, um, when Michael Turner left the Chargers, he went to Atlanta. He only rushed. Get this, Corvo. In his first year with Atlanta, he rushed the ball 376 yards. So obviously, he was getting more production in 2008 than Ladainian Tomlinson was getting, as he uh, he, he did not touch the ball that much. Uh, so that that he only touched it 292 times. But um, here's the numbers in 2008: Ladainian Tomlinson 1,110 yards and 11 touchdowns. Michael Turner. When he switched and headed over there, 1,699 yards rushing Cuervo, 17 yards. That first year tells you the difference. But that also told you about the Atlanta Falcons. They were like, well, you know what? Let's go ahead and let's burn him out. He's got the name Michael Burner Turner. Why not? Let's go ahead and do it. Now, he had a down season the next year because he got injured. 176 carries. Still got 870 yards, Cuervo, and 10 touchdowns. But the next year, 2010, again, 334 touches, 1,371 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Now, that is huge because in that year, he also caught the ball fairly well for him as well out of the backfield and scored uh, scored some touchdowns um, uh, receiving for him. So, you know, he, he definitely, I think, was obviously the more productive, obviously younger. Um, so, yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. And I like with Damian Tomlinson, and I I don't want, you know, and and he's 18, and I did it, 1,800 yards one year, if I'm not mistaken. He had like 27, 28 touchdowns in one year. I get the guy had a great season. And now you look at the rest of his numbers, Cuervo, I don't want to say they're pedestrian. I'll say they're a little bit better than pedestrian, but they're just right there up there with good running backs, around 12 and 1,300 yards. Uh, he hit 1,600 a couple of times as well. But, I mean, it, a lot during that time. And this right here proves the difference on where the running back has gone because we're talking, you know, Damian Tomlinson came into the, the league in 2001. By 2009, the running back definitely, all across the board, has taken a major hit. You don't see running backs getting usually over 300 rushes anymore, um, unless you're obviously the young man over in Arizona. Um, So the, the, the production factor from the NFL, from the running back position, has gone away. And Cuervo, this isn't a direct correlation of the fans wanting to see more touchdowns. And let's just be honest, you get more touchdowns throwing the football than you do rushing the football. That's the reason why it fell down, because the fans want to see the passing game more so than the running game. And honestly, Sonny, it's a lot more exciting. I mean, what's more exciting, you know, watching AP run, you know, bust open a 70-yard touchdown run just straight up the field, which is amazing to see. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I, 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 I love to, I would love to see something like that in person, but is that more exciting or watching a guy like AJ green, you know, go deep and, and be the defender and, and, you know, maybe I'll jump him for a ball or make some type of circuit catch and, and, 
and you know score in that fashion. You know that that's that's what the fans want. They want a little more excitement, a little more, uh, uh, I guess, you know, just a little more uh, pop to the to the scoring that we are seeing. I, I wouldn't even say that they want more scoring. The the scoring that is going on, they they want it to be more exciting. You know, uh, you know, back shoulders, back shoulder catches. Uh, you know. Like I said, you know, hitting somebody on a deep on a deep route, or or you know, watching Gronk go in there and and you know, doing something spectacular in the in the red zone or whatever the case may be. Running for a touchdown, eh, it's more old school, and that and that's fine. But I think the younger generation wants to see the more exciting plays, you know. Boy, like, and then, uh, you you went you went right where I was going to go with this square vote. The younger generation wants to see that. And, and I think the younger generation is not in touch with the older generation because I'm going to tell you, I think what's more exciting is seeing that 70-yard run you're talking about. That's what I find more exciting, uh, more so than that, that deep pass. And maybe it's me. I, but then again, I'm one of these guys that like to see a one nothing hockey game more so than a Six to seven hockey game, um, so it, it might be it just might be individual taste, but I think this is more of what's being in demand from the fan, and obviously it's the younger fan that are paying for the ticket in reality. Cuervo, well, I mean, granted, we got some people who are older that pay the big bucks for the ticket, but really the the, the fan then pandemonium that is happening with the NFL, I think obviously most of it's the younger generation than it is the older generation. It is, Sonny, and you're right. I mean, and, and that, that's all the NFL is trying to do to kind of get the younger generation's attention, uh, kind of get them more <laughs> into the game. And not that it's hard to do. Not that it's hard to do because the NFL is king of the – King of of the you know of all sports here in the U.S. That's but, true. You know, at the same time, who do you see going to games? You see, you know, older folks with their with their grandkids, or uh, you know, like if it's not if it's not a child, the millennials. Or, yeah, if it's not a kid, kid going with their dad or something like that, who's like my age or maybe a little bit older, it's. You ain't gonna see no teenagers there. You're not gonna see, you're not gonna see many twenty to thirty year olds at a at an NFL game. They're either at a college game, or maybe they're at a basketball game, or they're somewhere at a sports bar getting wasted. Like that's that's where twenty to thirty year olds are at. Yeah, because they gotta go get the real job to afford the ticket to the NFL. Um, <laughs> but it is what it exactly. is. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you're right. <laughs> maybe maybe that's why I love the indoor game. It's a, it's a cheaper ticket. <laughs> yeah, you you got but, a good point, Sonny. Good point. Yeah, I, um, it, it, it could be interesting. Uh, now we talked about injuries and we talked about the impact on what's going to happen. And, and the question, obviously, you know, throughout, and I just keep reading all this week. The, the the health of, of, of one Cam Newton. It's a big story in the NFL, uh, without question, because of the fact that they weren't able to even come close to the semblance of the Super Bowl team that they were the year before. 
having been said, Cuervo, there's another injury that is really huge in the AFC, and I'm talking over in the AFC West, Derek Carr and that situation and that injury. I mean, and I am a firm believer, Cuervo, and I hate to say this, but I think the Oakland Raiders, this was a football team that I think, and I might get beat up for this. I think they were destined to be in the Super Bowl with Derek Carr. I think losing Derek Carr last year um, really, really hurt these Raiders uh, where they ended up. Now, granted, they've changed from top to bottom, uh, from coach and everything else, but the injury for Derek Carr was a big one to swallow that they lost. And I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering, what can we expect from the Oakland Raiders next year? Will they protect their car? Will their car be that? I, and because that guy was a risk taker, Cuervo. Now I think that was part of the success. Will we seem to see the same Derek Carr from last year to this year? Oh, absolutely, Sonny. I, I, I think Derek Carr, is, he's a young kid who has no fear. He's not going to change his game. Just because of an injury, just because, you know, of a setback, uh, you know, due to a, due an injury or whatnot, he's going to be the same guy that he was last year. Uh, but, you know, obviously, uh, you know, a year older, a year wiser and all those things. But, um, but yeah, I think we're going to see the same Derek Carr, um, guy who plays loose and, um, you know, is, is a guy that has no fear. So, and, that, and that's what you want in your quarterback. You want a guy – that's not afraid to to be who he is as far as a player on the field. Uh, if he that is huge. You know, if he does change in any type of way like that, I'd be surprised. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Broken leg, and that's what he's – let's be honest, that's what he's known for is using his legs, whether it is running to get out of trouble, you know, and when the pocket breaks down to find the open, or if he's just going to run. So that's going to be really interesting. He's been cleared and everything. He says he's going to be cleared for it, and he's saying – and there's one thing about this this quarterback compared to a lot of other quarterbacks that are young. He's saying all the right things, Cuervo. You usually find these young guys saying something dumb. But Derek Carr all around, has he's been saying the right thing ever since he, he, he stepped foot there in Oakland. Yeah, and, and, and I, I, I uh, when he came out of college, I just, I had that feeling that he was going to be the guy that stood out you know, in the quarterback class, I, um, when people asked me you know, about the quarterbacks, I was like, just watch out for Derek Carr out of Fresno. And, and he, he put him, you know, he's in a good situation now where, you know, the Raiders are, are a team that have totally changed their philosophy. Uh, they have totally changed their, their, uh, the, you know, the environment really the, the Raiders environment is a whole lot different than what it was three years ago, and, um, you know, I, I don't think Derek Carr could be in a better place right now, to be honest with you, Sonny. I mean, could he be on a team with most, more talent? Absolutely. But would he be would he be just as excited or happy or, or successful? I don't know. I don't know if he would be. That That's, that's tough to say, and um, I, th- I think the Raiders are the perfect place for him, and, and uh, it's going to be good to see him back on the field when, whenever uh, preseason gets back and not regular season starts. 
Well, I think they're I think they're the favorite in that division. I mean, you you look at Kansas City; they got a quarterback problem, and, and they they're the running away favorite, my opinion. Yeah, because, I mean, I mean, yeah, the Broncos—they got a quarterback situation. Kansas City—they got a quarterback position problem. Now the Chargers—they don't have a quarterback position problem. They just have a team problem, you know. And so, you know, they're by and far ready. I think they, you know, run away with this. I don't know if they'll run away with it because the Kansas City Chiefs say with that. And, and, and man, you want to talk about eating pro, man? I've been taking so much pro since Andy Reid joined that football team. <laughs> Yeah, you have, Sonny. But no, I, I, if you won't if you won't say it, I'll say it for you. I think the Raiders run away with the division next year. I think they win probably by three games. I think they clinch they clinch the division by I'm gonna say week fourteen, fifteen next season. And, uh, very interesting. I, I, you know, I I don't know. It's one of those things where you take a look at you know. The, the the quality in that division and what it's all about, um, you know, and, and th- that's old time football. I mean, really, when you think about it, I mean, because you don't have that flying attack really from any of them. You used to kind of have it with Denver, you know, with the idea of Peyton Manning, but really, that, that this, it, these are running football teams. And Derek Carr is a running quarterback, too. So, goodness gracious. The whole division is, is really about the only division that really uh, that excites me. I, I, I just – and I just think it's going to be better for the NFL. I, I mean, what, what did the San Diego Chargers have to do? Yes. Uh, what? Good question, Sonny. I mean, they've they've got they've got a lot of work to do. I would say probably um, it starts it starts up front. I think I think uh, Rivers got hit too much, and he's an older quarterback, so you need to protect them as much as you can. Um, that's that's number one. Number two, defensively, I think they need some playmakers. There's nobody on that defense that you look at and you say, "Oh man, you must." We need to know where he is at all times. It's not like it's not like the other three teams in that division where you've got Khalil Mack, you've got Von Miller, and you've got you know a guy like uh, you know you can, in Kansas City you can argue either it's Eric Berry or it's Justin Houston with the Chiefs, but Khalil Mack and Von Miller, you better know where they're at at all times on on, on the defensive side. With the Chargers, I think. I mean, Joey Bosa, he he could wind up becoming a good. Uh, you know, defensive end, but he just finished his rookie season. We don't know what he is yet. Other than that, Man Tateo doesn't scare anybody. Come on. And they don't have a shutdown corner. They don't have any anyone up front that keeps the pressure. They, I mean, what what is there on the defense that says, oh crap, we better we better know where he is at all times, and we got to play around him. Exactly. Cares anybody, Sonny? I think, I, and that, and that's too bad because this was a football team that really, actually, was in a lot of games for three and a half quarters. So they just got to figure out how they're going to wrap up four quarters. I think they can play. And that's, and that's the thing too. They got to finish games, and that goes to coaching. I'm sorry, that that comes down to coaching. I mean, you've got to teach your guys to be mentally tough going into a fourth quarter, not thinking that you've won a game already. 
um, that mental endurance just wasn't there for the Chargers last year. So um, I think I think you're you know you brought up a good point. It's something I didn't even think about was they lost probably what four games, Sonny, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That could have easily changed the outcome in the division. So those guys got to get tougher mentally, a lot tougher. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, it, it, it's really interesting. We'll see where it ends up going. Now, is there anything you wanted to – I've covered everything that I've been able to – what I wanted to cover. Um, so is there anything you wanted to cover before we get on out of here? Uh, well, Sonny, uh, Drew Brees made a statement earlier this week that uh, that uh, he's hoping that the, that the Saints are, are prepared for when he retires. I don't know if – have you heard about that quote, or have you read anything about that story? And if you have, or even if you have, I have not. I, I, I have to admit, it's, it's been a very busy week for me, and I have not heard that. But that's a very interesting statement. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering what that. What does that mean? Is that a hint? Like, does that mean this is going to be his last year? Even though he says it's, that's not what he means by that. But I mean. Of course, you're going to say that. I mean, you're not going to come out and be sure. like, hey, this is my last year. So, I mean, I, mean, I think it would be the courteous thing. If, if I'm Drew Brees, I'm going to give the Saints the courtesy to say, hey, look, after this year, I'm done. So, you might want to draft a quarterback this season. I think that would be the, that'd be the best thing for them. But he's, he doesn't want to give that out. He doesn't want to say that it's his last season because, for whatever reason, he just doesn't want to say it. Uh, but but I think I think the Saints are starting to get nervous now, Sonny, that that this could be the last year we see Drew Brees. Yeah, that would be interesting to see where that happens. Uh, so it, it, interesting thing there. So well, I, you know, Drew Brees retiring it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I'm more in the fact, especially if they don't have success. After we, you know what he's been doing offensively, so that's going to be the biggest question I think on whether or not he joins next year. And plus, obviously, what the team will do to help him. Say that one more time, Sonny. I'm sorry. I, I think that was a lot to do with whether what the team's going to do to help him in order for the team to get better as a whole, more so than I mean, obviously, you don't have problem at the quarterback position. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, not they don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, they trade Brandon Cooks away, so they've got two picks in the in the first round now. So, um, I mean, who's to say that the that and then this is a team nobody's talking about the Saints taking one of these these quarterbacks that are that are highly sought out. Um, you know, Watson and and and, and Deshaun uh, Kaiser and all these other guys. Look for the Saints, Sonny, to to look into drafting one of these quarterbacks. Just from that statement alone, I think I wouldn't hit the panic button if I was a Saint, but well, I'd be real cautious. I would be really cautious because at any moment, Drew Brees can say, you know what, I'm done. What are the Saints going to do about it? They could yeah, talk to him exactly. and try to convince him. They could try to convince him to not retire, but, I mean – when when a player's got his mind made up and he says he wants to retire, I mean, that's it's you know it's a done deal. I mean, he's already thought about it. He's probably talked to his family already. Like it's the decision has been made, and he's and he's gonna 
you know, he's going to retire when he feels right. Uh, this is the, this was the message that I got. It says, because uh, I get ESPN updates. It says Drew Brees wants the Saints to be, quote, unquote, prepared for when he retires, but doesn't want it to, quote, seem like this is my farewell tour, unquote. So that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Interesting stuff. I, I did not read that. But I'm going to look that up a little bit this week, and I'll, I'll, I'll find out what more it's about. It should be interesting. Yeah, so just, you know, wanted to throw that out there for discussion for, you know, to end the show and whatnot. Other than that, Sonny, I mean, boy, you know, got got opening day today uh, for yeah. a couple teams in baseball. Uh, the rest will be starting their season tomorrow. Um, yep. I mean, other than that, Sonny, I mean, the, the draft is the next big thing in the NFL. Yep, and we'll be covering that on that Thursday. Um, two weeks, right? Or three weeks, right? So it's going to be on the uh, 27th. Got it. Very good. So four, five weeks from now. So we'll do that here. So that's going to do it for us here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's Sunday. Um, and um, we'll do this again next week. And we'll knock this one out here on the Couch Potato Sports And we're ending a little early, but we covered it all. Uh, all the things that we wanted to do. So for, for Tarvin, who was able to join us for a little bit, and for Cuervo, I'm Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and we're out of here. Everybody have a great week. We'll talk to you next Sunday.